Should I just hang up and Are we here? have it? Oh wait, there he there he is. Okay, what's okay. up, man? Hey. I thought I really messed up. No, no, nope, have... that was my bad. I tried to call Bailey on a separate channel. I'm all good. I'm in. I'm good. Does my mic does my my mic sound alright? Yeah, you're good. Alright, cool. Um also in that time, I found out that uh David Fisdale is from LA. Nice. So I don't Exciting. Know, yeah. I don't know what the data data debate looks like out there, but that's where he's from. Silicon Valley, perhaps. Ooh, maybe. He went to John C. Fremont, Los Angeles, California. That's funny because I was just at happy hour at Fremont in Chicago, Illinois. So take that for nice. data. Might be a relation there. Yep. All right. Well, um, I don't even know if this reporter got all that cold open without Bailey Carlin in here, but it's time to bring our guest on. Press the plus button. Skype should be easier, man. It is. It is. It is. I'm just not. I'm just not there with it. Let's see. Let's see. Bailey, how's your day going? Going hey, well, up? man. Going well. I'm here. What's going on? Hey. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, what's up? Welcome everyone to the TKW podcast. I'm Anthony Corbo, and today we've got Bailey Carlin. I've got the great Trey Zingus, and joining us from Opus Magazine, we got we got Al Patron. How you doing, man? How you doing, man? Thank you guys for having me. So, I guess let's uh, let's hop right into things. Um, how was your summer, Al? Let's start there. Actually, let's not hop into things. Um, we signed Tim Hardaway Jr. for seventy-two million dollars. That's so, true. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Um, listen, there's so many different things that happen with this. This team, th- there's never a dull moment with this team. So summer was hot, as you, you know what I mean. Like, God, all we had to do was draft Dennis Smith Jr. and not do anything else, and everybody would have been happy. Okay. And well- I don't. Well, that's something I wanted to ask you. Like, what, what, what's your feelings on the Dennis Smith versus Frank Nielakina debate right now? I don't, I don't know what he is. Right? I want Frank Nitty. I wish him to be the greatest player of all time. Right? I don't know what he is, but at the same time, it's the most Knicks thing to do. We never do the thing that we should. You know what I mean? Like, Przingis was lightning in a bottle. Maybe other people saw it. I, I never heard of the guy before. So when he got drafted, I just turned the draft off. And I said, all right, this happens again. Like, you know, I'm just so used to it as a Knicks fan. So thank God that he's my beautiful unicorn. I love him now. But you Things think we're going to get sometimes. that? You think we're going to get Knicks don't get that happening twice. I don't see, I don't see the Knicks having that again. When there was that guy right there after him. But we get, now we got the whole European thing going on now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We got, we got all the guys in there. And it's does that make it a little different? Like we're taking, yeah, you know, perfect, we take perfect, away the well, American product, and now we got a, uh, you know, maybe if we strike lightning twice, if we just go over to Europe. 
Herman Gomez is the reason that I'm starting to lean towards, okay, maybe we get something out of this guy because I didn't think Herman Gomez was going to be anything. I just thought of him as another guy, another name, whatever, just some guy on the bench that's six fouls. I didn't think nothing of him. So for him to be as productive as he was in his rookie year, it gives me hope. Like, okay, maybe we have something here. But I've been a Knicks fan for 25 years. Yeah. That's yeah, no, it's, it's them. It's the Knicks. Yeah. I can't trust them. I can never trust them. So until I see it, I can't, you know, I can't do that to myself again. Because one thing that we have as Knicks fans is delusion. Because for some reason, we think we're sure. way better than we are. For sure. <laughs> well, I, I, I do. And it, it never pans out then. So I'm just going to, all right, whatever. I, I wish the best for this kid. I hope he's going to be the best player ever. But... I'm a Knicks fan, so <laughs> that's my answer for everything. I'm a Knicks fan, so that's him fair. being shit, him being that's terrible. fair. That's realistic. You've got like your ten thousand hours of Knicks fandom in, so I, I don't, I'm not gonna. You know, you're an expert at this point. You know what you're talking about. Shout out Malcolm Gladwell. Shout out Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> um. Okay. So, um, Al, I just caught on to the um. Trey just sent it in the chat before of uh, it's this video of you, the infamous, the, the infamous, infamous Amari video. Um, can we splice in that audio? Yeah, that, there, there's there's audio. There's there's all this good stuff going on, and I'm I've been there. I've been like in the same shoes as you. I've been to you know probably some of the same games from the same era, and I, I've seen these guys behave as they have on the court. What particularly was it about Amari that night? That got you so fired up. Oh, Jeff T grabbed the rebound right over him. I remember it like you just did. Jeff T grabbed the rebound over him, dribbled down, hit a layup. Next possession, Jeff T, uh, I think he like uh, stole the ball from somebody. Amari comes down the other end trying to block him, and then he just lets him get a layup on him. It was like back-to-back thing that happened, and it was just like, okay, you got to go. All right, get, get to the bench, you go. And uh, who, did they, who did they put in for him? They put in uh, Cole Aldrich. For him. Oh, and it was just oh my. I, there's a reaction video from after that, from me yelling at Cole Aldridge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm familiar with that one. Oh no, that one. I my cousin has that somewhere. I got to ask him for it. Um, but but the thing with Amari, it started that Thursday. That Thursday we played the Rockets. That's when they still had Dwight Howard. And oh man, I went crazy on him that whole game to the point where he threatened me, like. And everybody saw it. We're all just looking at you. Yeah, it was the funniest thing in the world. It wasn't like anything <laughs> serious. Like, let's be real. He's not gonna, like, it was myself and uh, three of my friends and my cousin. And then I had one of my boys sitting behind us. So it was like, and he came running down the ramp, like on some wrestling-ish. <laughs> like he was about to come down. <laughs> and he, Amari's like pointing his fingers as guns and stuff. And it was just like, really? Like, do you not understand? I'm actually from New York. This is not, that's not how any of this is going to go. But so, that's a good um, feeling though, right? To get yeah. that far under his skin? Well, yes and no, because he's, he was that terrible. I wasn't doing it to try to annoy him. I was legitimately mad. I didn't curse. I don't curse at games because I know children are there. But I was legitimately upset. And I remember what happened was he got taken out the game because he was letting Dwight Howard kill him. And if you know me, if you know anything about it, I hate Dwight Howard. I think Dwight Howard is, like, one of the most overrated players ever. And, and right I have there with Shaq. Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, God, don't, don't get me started with Shaq. Um, <laughs> and what was crazy is that Kevin, uh, Kenny Martin caught a rebound, uh, rebound dunk, right? Offensive rebound dunk. 
the garden is exploded. You know, everybody's cheering, cheering, cheering. Amari's still on the bench looking dead at me. So halftime comes, <laughs> we, go, we go get beers at halftime, and security comes up to me. They go, we've gotten some complaints for that you are oh uh, menacing, menacing the players. I'm menacing the players is what, what I've been told. I'm like, okay, so you have to keep it down or you're going to get thrown out. All right, cool. So that was that Thursday against the Rockets. I calmed down in the second half, but not really. We lost that game. That was the TNT game on that Thursday. Saturday, we played the Hawks. So Saturday before the game, we're down on the court. We're watching you know, the Knicks or whatever, shoot around and stuff. So <laughs> Omari comes up to me. He's like, why are you always giving me a hard time? I was like, listen, man, grab a rebound. He's 6'9". <laughs> what do you mean give you a hard time? You grab a rebound. And he knows some people that I know. So like we're just sitting there talking to each other. And he's laughing about it then. So then he's like, come on, man. Tomorrow is my birthday. Give me a break. I was like, listen, grab a rebound. Grab your rebounds. Don't be a power shooting guard and we have no problems. So we kind of laughed about it. And then during that game, the Jeff Teague thing happened and I just lost oh, no. it. Like I was, I was like legit mad. That was that was in like a. I didn't even know my cousin was recording that. That's the funny part. Like I was that. <laughs> no, natural. that's natural. You can tell. That's no, absolutely a natural and reaction. And for me, and everybody thinks like I go to the games just to be like this menacing person. Like no, listen. If I was watching the game at a bar, I'd act like that. I'd react the same way. If I was at home, I'd probably be worse. And when I was sitting in the bleacher seats, when I couldn't afford to sit where I was sitting, I was acting the same way. I was behaving the same way. So why would I change? You know that keep that same energy. That's been the theme of 2017. That's what I do. I keep the same energy everywhere I go. It's fair. So, this is like 2014 Amare too. We're talking, right? Yeah, this is uh, earlier, right? Yeah, 2013, 2014. Okay, I'm trying yeah, to remember right. when Cole Aldridge is on the team, but yeah, yeah 2013, 2014 season. Uh, I haven't really been rocking with them since then, especially last year when they got um, Rose on the team. Yeah, which was not for yeah. that. That was for the you know the, the trial that I followed. I just you know. I have one of the, I'm one of those people with a hard line with sexual assault towards women and just you know deviant behavior towards women. I have a hard line with stuff like that. Yeah. yeah these allegations that I read and then I started like really paying attention to everything with the trial, and I just can't. I couldn't root for him. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I watched. I watched two Nick games last year, and that was both the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder games because I love Russell Westbrook. Nice. Those are the only two Nick games I watched the entire season. I mean, we're all fans here, but I don't think any of us are great fans of Derrick Rose. Uh, yeah, no. He and gone. He gone. Yeah, we can we can and say it. we can say it now. None of us were very happy about that trade, and none of us were. Yeah, nah, very happy absolutely. About that. Yeah. But here's my but here's my question, guys. Like, was he that good of a player to even take that risk with that looming over his head? You know, like uh, the, the reality of sports is that you know troubled athletes get more chances than most, right? Right. Definitely. But was he worth it? Was he even worth that like was he worth it no with that contract with me and and then i started you know to try to convince myself okay they only got him for this year to wipe that uh off the cap right just to go ahead and turn around and give it to the guy that they eventually essentially traded for him so i was like what yeah. doubled back and the, the knicks are run off of ego the knicks aren't run off of logic at all because i think signing tim hardaway jr was a middle finger to fill on his way out the door sure for trading like that. that. That's exactly the, the whole next stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> God. So, yeah, whatever. How are you guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Amar, Amar used to be in people's DMs. Like, he was oh, really yeah. thin skinned. Well, he, th- he threatened so many people. He threatened one of my friends. We were at a party, and my friend was like, Yo, look at this. He threatened my friend, and he said, Yo, I know where you be. 
There is a lot that, like, kind of, if he did it now, would be, like, front page ESPN all day. But, yeah, he was getting those DMs off in, like, 2013. Amari had a huge act he was trying to live up to. I mean, you had the wine baths. You had, like, all this shit. Like, he was trying to be, like, (laughs) Neo Clyde Frazier in a lot of ways and, like, even take that a step higher. And once, you know, like, 2012 came around or even, like, 2011 came around and he was just a bomb again. It's just like, like you you can't like he's just talking the talk at that point. Basically, he wasn't walking. Yeah, it he back. Was, I, I so he was defensive. Team. He was just getting yeah, defensive. Was, that's the only defense he ever played. <laughs> yeah, but here's but here's my thing. Like for athletes, especially uh, coming to you, know, listen, we're all humans, so I get it. His brother passed away. He probably doesn't want to hear nothing from anybody. And which I don't want to say I gave him a pass. I don't think anybody had to give him a pass for that series in Miami when. He was frustrated and he broke his hand on the glass. Mm. I understood. I, I I hated it in the moment. But when I sat back, I started to really understand, like, yo, I just lost my brother. So everything, any little thing sets me off. I understand him on a human level. But as a, at the same time, you get paid $20 million to not do that. You know what I mean? It's like right. you get paid $20 million to not be in somebody's DMs threatening them. Yeah. <laughs> you get paid $20 million not to be at a game using your fingers as guns. Like, what? <laughs> I don't. I, I went to the game to what cheer i wanted to see you guys win i didn't come to the game to watch you guys lose right so i think uh, now imagine this i'm not the only person yelling at him right the the, right. the fire signature wasn't the only thing that oh i forgot about that the fire signature thing he, there were so many things that he did before him just playing badly he did the fire signature he hurt himself on the um the the, the layup line before the game mm. Trying that to was what dunk. really set him back too. Like when he did that, dunk that was the one that the, ruined him. That was the first one. Yeah, that was the one in Boston. Yeah, I Which, remember that night like any night. I remember him ever being stoked about that series, and then we should have won that game. We should have won that series. To yep. be honest with you, forty-two seventeen in what six five from Melo. Yeah, oh my God, I forgot about his monster games. It's just overshadowed by Amari just, breaking his fucking back. Just for freaking Ray Allen to hit the shot that he hit, and I, I'm trying to think which Jared um, Jeffries play was it? Was it the under the basket play or was it the oh one? Oh my! God. I haven't thought about yeah, that play in like that. four years, man. You're killing oh, I, me I, here. I haven't, I haven't stopped thinking about that. Play. <laughs> that was the last game Al watched. Yeah, the last game we watched. It was so. Oh, it was brutal. I, I forgot which one. Because remember, on game one and game two, we had a chance to win at the end of the game, and Jared Jeffries messed up twice. He did the thing where he didn't pass the ball to Melo in time. On the inbounds play, or something stupid about the inbounds play, and then there was the other time when he fell underneath the basket. Just Jerry Jeffries. Melo was, there was like unstoppable in that series. It was like ten thirty oh, at night after he lost that game when Jared Jeffries should have just passed it out to whoever the fuck was in the corner, and yeah. I think it was Bill Walker or someone. But like Bill Walker, <laughs> Harry, Harry, I, Henry, 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 Walker. Henry Walker now. Henry. I had to go like I had to go down to the schoolyard after that and just like shoot hoops for an hour and a half because I was get out your system right yeah I was <laughs> so frustrated. <laughs> it was they, they, that's a frustrating team and I mean I guess that's when Melo was considered a top sixty three player. Yeah. Not anymore, buddy. Not anymore. I was what I was still like I feel like I was still arguing for Melo in the top twenty and then all of a sudden he's down at sixty sixty four. 64, right behind Lonzo Ball. Right behind Lonzo right Ball. Right behind him. Hey, beat Mark is smart. I mean, yeah, I, you... understand, I understand why it's done. I understand completely why it's September. There's nothing to talk about basketball-wise. Right. The season, preseason starts. 
why not rile everybody up with their favorite person to, to dump on? He's the easiest target in the world. In the best yeah. in the basketball world, at least. After Kobe's retirement. There's nobody else to, to be, I don't want to say villainized, like to villainize. There's nothing to hate about Melo. Like the only thing you people don't like about him is that he plays for the Knicks. That he he wears New York on his chest because anywhere else I think, I think every, it's also the contract. It's with a lot of players uh, too. It, it's whenever they got that, that big contract at the end there, it's gonna I, I I can I can see that, but at the same time when every any team that had cap when he was a free agent gave him offered him whatever they could. It's true. Kyle so Maggio, welcome to the podcast tonight. Is Kyle Ubering I'm, still? Yeah. Kyle, yeah. I'm driving an Uber while and calling into the podcast. That's yeah. impressive. We don't condone driving and caling on the phone at the same time. You have a car phone? You have a speakerphone? Yeah, I got the Bluetooth hooked up, so. Good. Dude's got his Uber guest. Do you have any passengers in the car with you right now? No, I just just dropped somebody off. I had like a 20 mile trip that I just got off of, so. Kyle, if you met Alan. Kyle, what's up? How you doing? In these streets, literally. We're talking Amare and now Mellow Slander. The op, the word. I can't speak. I'm sorry. Thank God you're on a podcast. <laughs> no, like I, I, I would, I would have thought, like I really would have thought, like okay, maybe Mellow's. Down. I'm a huge Mellow guy, so like I'm biased and I recognize that, so I can't even commentate on these things usually. But putting Lonzo right in front of him, like that's a headline grab. That's when I realized that like, it was really headline. The whole thing, like, ESPN like, like, you're gonna put, is a headline like, you're gonna put grab. Lonzo ball, you're going to put Lonzo ball in front of Carmelo. Like, it, it just pissed me off. I'm still in the bad mood. It ruined my day. It gets worse when you move up the chart, too. Yeah, it's Danny been, Green's right there. Danny Eric Green, Gordon. Covington, uh, yeah. Malcolm Brogdon. Like, Malcolm Brogdon is better than Carmelo Anthony. In what world is Malcolm Brogdon better than Carmelo Anthony? <laughs> Yeah, you know Brock. Malcolm Brogdon is yet, so I think we got the jury still out. I think we got to see what he is. Yeah, I know what he is. He's not better than Carmelo Anthony. He's Malcolm <laughs> Brogdon. Patrick Beverly's not better than Carmelo Anthony. Malcolm Brogdon uh, got torn up by Malachi Richardson like 16 months ago in March Madness, and he's better than Carmelo Anthony. I think the the list is funny for all the reasons that you guys are saying because like. I understand if you want to penalize him for not being efficient, for being kind of shitty at defense. I understand that. Like, low 40s, I mean, high 40s. Like, if you want to get him in that range, I thought that's kind of fair to penalize him. But, um, but, uh, to go as far as say he's 64, and then Lonzo Ball, people forget often how uh, not impactful rookies are. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, at, at best, what do you have is like LeBron, and then he's an outlier. You know, like a rookie Carmelo, and he's an outlier. A lot of these guys are going to give you like what, 11, 12 yeah. points, five assists, a couple rebounds, flashes of defense. Like to rank them 64 is it's like it's laughable. Even top 100. It's preposterous. Of, it's preposterous. You know, it's. I get it. I, I I understand. There's a height to some of these guys. A lot of these guys, and and rookies are. A shiny new thing every year, but I mean, fucking scale it back a little bit. Jesus fucking Christ. Are we, uh, are we, uh, did they put out the, the last, like, the top 50 yet? Yeah. Did they put out the top 50? Yeah, they did 30. No, they did 31 through 50. I saw, because right. I remember I saw, I saw Jay Crowder was 38, and Ooh. I thought that was way too high for Jay Ooh. Crowder. 
my he god. He was in front of DeMar DeRozan. I didn't, I didn't yeah, look at Jay, those. Don't Jay you guys know about the list was the Melo stuff? Jay Crowder is one spot ahead of DeMar DeRozan. This is like yeah, popcorn ESPN for me. He's better than... They have him ahead of Whiteside, Otto Porter Jr., Iguodala. I don't know why Joseph, Joseph Nurkic, whatever his name is, is number 44. So this list is ridiculous. Is it Yusuf? Yusuf. Yusuf Nurkic. The, cent- the center from Portland? Yeah. yeah. What? What did he have? 44. What's he ever done? Nothing. He got, he got traded once. <laughs> what? Isaiah Thomas Sorry. beat Melo with the bum hip. Wow. Wow. So I- I get behind Isaiah. I might get behind Isaiah better than Carmelo. I might. Yeah, but like, but I don't. I don't even know. Like, what kind of Isaiah? When are we gonna get Isaiah back? And what kind of Isaiah are we gonna get back with that? Like, are these two yeah. seasons of Boston just basically outliers? And he's gonna not go back to what he was like in like fucking Portland, but or uh, not Portland, Phoenix, but um, or you know, I think it'll be a little bit better than that. But I can't see him being a twenty-eight point a game player. Yeah, I, I can see him being a nineteen-twenty point guy. Yeah. All right, yeah, I they have, were, they said Eric Gordon was better than Carmelo Anthony. I've got the list. Gordon does one thing. It up. Yeah, like, and that's the thing. Like, a lot of these guys in front of Melo, like, it's Especially every people. issue that people have with Melo is, like, just worse. They're worse play. Like, Harrison Barnes, like. Yeah, oh I have God. something to say. I have something on this. Oh, please. Harrison Barnes is what? Wait, wait, time out. Harrison, Harrison Barnes is what? Harrison Barnes they have at uh, 58. All right. I'm never I'm never paying attention to that list again. This is the last time I'm ever going to talk about the list. Oh, Harrison Barnes. Oh, my God. Neil Gallinari. That slandered all year because his replacement made him look obsolete. Like, he, why were you even there? Okay. Um, Carmelo Anthony, the two things. Like, what you guys said about him being right behind Lonzo Ball. That's obvious to rile up everybody. Get, to, get LeVar Ball to say, Carmelo Anthony, he's no big baller. Yeah, no. for sure. <laughs> that's going to happen. Then I can't compare. <laughs> but here's the thing: everybody, you know, loves hoodie mellow, hoodie mellow. This da da da, right? That's literally how he plays. Why do players come to him all the time? Every every player in the league comes to his defense. You've never heard a player talk down on him or his game. Why is that? Have you seen There's the Portland Trailblazers approach to uh, oh Pat and Mello on the back? They're it's doing anything to get him. Anything. I don't want CJ to come play with him. Well, I I forget who it was. Was it? I think it was Paul Pierce. Someone in there, someone wrote a Players Tribune article and said that, like, someone, a Hall of Famer, wrote it and said Melo was easily the hardest person they ever had to cover. And it was someone, yeah, I think it might have been Kobe. It might have been Kobe. I think Kobe Kobe. said that in the past. I think it was Kobe, actually. Yeah. That's just weird. It's weird that you're right. Like, Al said, like, it's just weird that he's the person that is constantly attacked because he just seems to be a decent dude who just goes out there and balls out. It is, it's very odd. And now he he's easy to pick on. He doesn't defend himself. He never comes out and, you know, he doesn't do any of that stuff. So it seems now, like he's, he's so unassuming that it's just easy to, to pick on him because he's never going to retaliate. Yeah, I don't think now, he cares. You know, he's not going to he's not going to give Twitter the reaction like LeBron will. Like LeBron's going to say something. Like he's going to call us poor again or something. You know, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron, will, LeBron will come LeBron's out and call. say, "I am I am a father. I have children. I do cannot yeah. care about this list." Yeah, LeBron dude, called us all Draymond Green boys. is going to you know gentlemen, do whatever he does. Real quick, uh, I accidentally forgot to turn this thing off, so I just picked up another ride. I will leave you with this and potentially call you back in five minutes. But how come and debate this after I get off the phone? How come Chris Paul escapes all criticism? 
And yet, oh. Carmelo. Oh, no. Yeah. None of it. Now, yeah. I really got to go. I'm about to pick the suit up, but uh, good luck. I'll talk to you in a few minutes. See you later, Kyle. Just because Carmelo Anthony plays for the Knicks. That's the answer. That's, there's no answer. And it, it, the Knicks are fodder for Twitter, for NBA basketball fans and pundits alike. The Knicks are, are easy fodder. We're easy That's to make fun of. That's just what it comes down to because Chris Paul, <laughs> as the point guard with the teammates that he's had, he has no excuse. He has none. There's no excuse for Chris Paul. Black winning. He's never even been to a conference finals, right? At least Melo went and twice. They, they took they took Melo took uh Melo took that Nuggets team in the, to like six games with the Lakers, right? Against Kobe. And then he yeah, took that next he took Jason Kidd, Steve Novak. <laughs> he took that team to uh the second round. Mm-hmm. Which like, which we should have beat the Pacers. Yeah. Um, just a uh, quick aside, Melo did post about ESPN, or he tweeted about it um, yesterday, actually, last night. I'm uh, he'll I'm give you the reaction, but he'll always just say, like, I don't Yeah, care. say something very positive or something. Yeah, he'll, like, he'll uh, spin it. He'll turn it around. Yeah, yeah like, good. Confucius type of thing. But, he's, yeah, he's, he's not. Troubling me. He's starting to worry me because he's turning into Martin when Martin came back from the temple. And he starts just saying a bunch of gibberish and stuff, and he, he hasn't shaved. I'm very concerned for Carmelo. I think we have to get him out of New York. He has to, we have to send him to Houston. It's just time. <laughs> send him I'm, to Houston before he I'm votes. all for Martin Mello. I think if he uh, if he keeps the... I'm, I'm good with the beard. I'm good with the hair. I think that if he just kind of like... I'm good with Mello just not giving a shit this whole year and just he'll, walking he'll out on the court and coming? doing what he does. And then eventually <sighs> he'll get traded or bought out. Like, he knows it's coming. He's just got to play the long game. Where do you guys see him going? I mean, obviously Houston is the thing, right? I don't think it's clear yet. I think he's got. I think he's going to play for you know another couple of months in New York, around the same time that Dwayne Wade and the Bulls start getting serious about their buyout talks. Melo will start the buyout talks with New York, Can and then Cleveland will be an option. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. But he'll go somewhere good. We still care about Dwayne Wade. Honestly, I'm I'm, I'm asking. Absolutely not. No, but Melo does. Yeah, no. I don't. Know. I mean, it's right. his friend. Yeah, right. Right when Melo. Like, no, I mean, yeah, I'm saying they're, they're going to plot but this like, together. NBA guys, do we care about what Dwayne Wade does anymore? Uh, no, I don't. Like uh, Dwayne Wade's a dude that you can get one playoff win behind, right? But he's going to have that one game where he like just explodes for like 26 and like uh eight and four or something like ridiculous and you don't see it coming so like his team obviously wins so he's joe johnson now oh no is Is that what we've done is that Mm -hmm. what we've done i think he's joe Joe johnson Johnson now joe johnson did that he had a game winner even i think he might have hit two or he almost hit two Johnson, listen as much stuff as i give scammer joe he he's clutch (laughs) he really is joe He's always been clutch. That's crazy. He's solid. He was solid last year, and you, I didn't watch all that much Utah, but he was from all you, from all that I know, he was pretty solid out there. It made that playoff, playoff series fun. Yeah, in the playoffs, they were going to him instead of Gordon Hayward when they needed buckets down the stretch. Like it was Joe Johnson. It wasn't he was Gordon Hayward. Is he yeah. still? He's still on contract with them, as far as I know. He, I haven't seen him switch teams. I'm all right. I'd watch a couple of games of uh, you know Joe Johnson, fucking Derek Favors, and Rudy Gobert. Rubio running the point. Yeah, they that. could be sneaky fun. They might be fun. I still think, like, back to Melo, like, the funniest thing about people complaining, like, why doesn't he just wave his no-trade clause and let the Knicks just send him where it's convenient for them? He owes it to the organization. Could you imagine Fuck being 33 that. years old 
in any other job like ever and your boss just gets to send you wherever you want choose where you get to go people like he's being selfish imagine someone's like oh yeah well my boss sent me to utah and i guess i'm just gonna have to pick up my family and move there like hey he's making money but it's just i find it so funny that people call these people selfish and everything when could you imagine like any other job like even the nba draft like you just have some other random people pick where you're gonna have to live for the next four years of your life. That sucks. It yeah, never, it never makes sense to me when fans side with ownership. It never, never. makes sense to me ever. I mean, most of us are laborers and union types. You know what I mean? Exactly. Why the hell are we siding with the ownership? Yeah, like, could you imagine? It's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> it's stupid. Like. Whatever. Could you imagine an owner having a player who lost his sister during the playoffs and then broke his hip and then immediately traded him in the offseason? Could play, you imagine that happening? Play with, no played with a, a tooth gone. Lost a tooth. And then trade him. <laughs> my and man traded his tooth up right off the floor. A sucker and he's disloyal and he's this and that. Yeah, now he's the disloyal one. Yeah, okay. And we want to call Melo selfish for not waving a no trade clause. Like, things that's like that happen. That's why basketball players fans are fanatics because we're literally out of their minds most of them are literally out of their minds they have no idea what the hell they're talking about at all because basketball is almost um it's fantasy to, have, to most people it's not like they don't see it as real it's like okay this guy's a millionaire fuck him which i i understand that from a fan's perspective right it's like i'm <laughs> i don't make as much as you do you're a millionaire you don't have any type of the problems that i have but these are real people <laughs> and i'm all for players taking ownership of the league they're getting to do what they want how they want when they want you know they like kevin durant going to golden state everybody gave him stuff for that why not why not go play where you want to play make like it's basketball it's supposed to be fun first right so why wouldn't i go do that win a championship and like have everybody look look what they did to the nba the warriors broke the nba but with one move they let go of harrison barnes and signed kevin durant and look look at the nba now everybody's been scrambling since Nobody knows what to do anymore. Look what we're talking about. Not, honestly, and I, I love you guys, but nothing that we're going to talk about matters if it's not about the Warriors. That's how much the Warriors broke the NBA. Well, they really did. They. That's the uh, the good part about being a delusional Knicks fan is that mm -hmm. you can, especially in this time that we're in right now, because we know we're never going to be good enough to beat the Warriors during their you know time period. So we can we can pride ourselves on knowing that we have a uh future yeah we have a we have a future we have a competent organization grooming our young players into um you know what's bound to be great i mean obviously i'm kidding about the bountiful uh, about the great organization but we we do have some good players who might become something in the future and by some fucking stroke of luck we might be able to pull it all together so that's kind of where i sit as a as a an NBA fan right now, as a Knicks fan right now, knowing that yeah, I'm just gonna in, watch three more Warriors finals and you know. Yeah, we're in we're in like two K off season simulation mode. You simulate the whole season, you get to the off season, you try to get a good draft pick, you trade a couple of assets for a draft pick, then you simulate the whole season, then all of a sudden it's like twenty twenty two and you have a bunch of fake guys with fake names or draft classes you download and then you get after it. We're we're looking at like twenty twenty one right now. Yeah. For maybe we'll have it together by yeah, then. With, with, yeah, it's like three seasons. Which is yeah, fine. Absolutely. Which is fine. Like, cause I cause I think I'm out. I think I've mentally checked out to stressing over games. I well, think I'm, I'm I think I'm there. I'm so. curious here, like as as Knicks fans right now, is it championship or bust with us, or what's going to make you happy? You bet. Need the championship this year, coming. I think like I think uh, right. I think the playoffs would be cool if if we got to the playoffs and 
KP played well in the playoffs, I think that would be. I think I'd be perfectly okay with them like getting swept. If they, I mean, I'm not thinking they're gonna make the playoffs next year, but like that's the next step that would well, make let, me happy. I, I can't get hyped over anything short of playoffs. I don't think. Let's let's yeah, uh, let's say that the let's say that the core stays together for a little bit, and that the What's peak. What's the core though? Let, let's define our core. What's the core? Let's Chris let's Epps, let's Billy, say Frank. let's just say um, for argument's sake, we're gonna talk about. Chris Ops, we're going to talk about Billy, and we'll we'll throw Frankie Smokes into the mix for now. And like Tim Hardaway Jr. just because contract. Oh, yeah. Sure. All right, Tim Hardaway Jr. in there too. So let's say the peak of this core of Knicks players right now is like a conference final loss. How what what is how do you evaluate that the group of guys that we got then? How would you evaluate like if this that's, era? If that's where they peak, like yeah, the that's best this group ever does. Yeah, I'd probably take him at this point. <laughs> honestly i mean I, I want better for kp but i don't necessarily think that he'll get it at the knicks um and like it's funny because it's so funny how we label guys like when we barely know these people and like people are like kp's loyally always wants to be in new york he might leave in a couple of years and if he does i'll be okay with that it would be sad but i just ultimately want uh, like that's where i am right now like i just want what's best for kp and these younger guys like just for them because they deserve better they got drafted by new york that's not their fault right Billy was almost part of the process. True. Yeah, I forgot they bought that pick from um, Philly. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'd get excited for, like, I, I can see what Trey was saying about uh, KP playing great in the playoffs, even if we got swept. It would be kind of like a coming out party for him, like kind of like what Giannis had. Uh, what year was that? Not not this year, because this year against the Raptors, he just looked crazy. He looked like another, on another he, planet. He, he looked, looked like, like he was on another planet. Jesus like Christ. Like he evolved or something. Oh, my God. I um, think he looked I think he looked good against the the, the Heat or the Cavs, right? They were the eight seed, and he looked pretty good. No, the, the Cavs beat the Pistons. Wait, who did, wait, when did the Cavs play the was it Was it two years ago? Because I remember he hard-fouled Mike Dunleavy real bad. Was it I that don't think, series? I don't think Milwaukee made it the year before this. I don't think Milwaukee made it. No, I think they did. I think they were 80 because I, I remember that. He like forearm shivered Dunleavy in the corner, right? Yeah. Okay. I think Dunleavy might have been going up for a dunk or something. But yeah, like he like hurt him or tried to hurt him. Oh, no. He has attitudes. Yeah. I like him. He has an attitude. <laughs> I, was at, I was at the it's game true. at the Garden that he hit that game winner against the Knicks. That was that was pretty wild. I was right behind the basket. He hit it at. That was... Oh, he held the ball for like 18 seconds. Yeah, and they're like, basket. yeah, we probably should have called five seconds three times, but it's okay. We were all like, all right, that was fun. Let's go home. <laughs> that but was yeah, cool. if, if KP if KP does something like that, right? Like if he has a coming out party like that, I can get excited for that. I mean, we pretty much all know what what he is or what he can be. Um, but other than that, I don't. there's nothing for me to really be crazy about. I'm going to, again, Frank, if he turns out to be anything – I'll be kind of excited for that, I guess. I'm, I'm just not sold on him. I'm very uh, pessimistic about him, so I'm just eh, kind of. Uh, I'm trying to find some hope for him. He uh, is like 19 him, and weighs like 120 pounds. That's, so. see, and that's where yeah. and that's where my I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I don't give the Knicks the benefit of the doubt. So it's it's weird. Which is fair. I don't yeah. trust. I don't trust them with development. Mm. That's the problem. Like KP's done a fair bit of development himself, but I still think. At a different organization, KP would probably be a little bit better right now than he than he is. I think he'd yeah. be in a little bit bigger spot. Definitely, actually, not even probably. He'd definitely be in a better spot than he is. And some of that's just him being undeniably great. Yeah. Like, it's not the Knicks developing him. It's just he is that good. Oh, like he's going to improve. I don't think yeah. the Knicks have developed him at all. I think it's basically just him building off of his own skill. Because look at how ready he was to just walk away. 
You know, like like when the when the summer came and all these rumors were coming on, and he just like cut contact with the whole team and everything like that. Like, if you believe in the program and you believe in how the te- how they're kind of coaching you through the the beginning steps of your career, I don't think you have that same type of behavior. But I, it's yeah, just, he wasn't nervous; someone else was wasn't going to be able to pick up where he left off. Right. Like he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I I see that. Um, it's not like um. It's not like, you know, the New York Rangers have like a great goalie coach. So you can feel really um, confident about someone coming in to replace Longquist after he leaves. It, and the New York Knicks have nothing of that sort in the in the ranks. I don't know. I honestly like couldn't tell you a thing about Hornacek's staff or what they're doing or the, you know, anything past the immediate coaching staff. Do you guys like Hornacek as a coach? I don't know. I don't know either. Who, who, who yeah. knows? What has he done? I don't he hasn't gotten him. free reign. I don't hate him. But he was I don't fine know if Phoenix. I like him. Yeah. He's just there to me. To me, he's just yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's and just he, like... His nickname Horny, which concerns you. Yeah, it is. And Kurt like is still there. It's problematic. Right. Like Rambus is there. Like, Hornacek's there. Like, I'll, I'll give Hornacek the benefit of the doubt. That's kind of where I stand with Wait, Rambus is still here? <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. He's still he's now. still on the bench somewhere. He's the new Herb Williams. That's just crazy. Watching porn on his phone in the middle of games. Does nobody else find it kind of freaky how like Phil Jackson is basically turning? He's molding into Phil Jackson. Like look from his physical features to the way he talks and walks, like he's turning into Phil Jackson right in front of our eyes. There's always two. I mean, obviously he's not half the coach he was, but he looks like a tall Christian Slater. He does. He looks like Mr. Robot. He does. Kurt Rambis, Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's yeah. Like, how is it that Kurt Rambis still has a job? Yeah, how does he know? He knows something about somebody. How did he survive and Phil didn't? I I just feel like well, I feel like Rambis was was sticking around just off of Phil's merit, and then once uh you know now that he I guess he kind of had a role under corner sex or something like that, but it's just like I they're not gonna clear all the Phil guys out with Phil. I don't think corner sex. I I mean I don't think um. Fucking Rambus makes Scott it too far into the year, but or definitely by the end of next summer he's gone. He was like the defensive coach or something. He is. We play defense. Huh? We play defense. I don't know. No, no, it's because Kurt, Kurt Rambus is the coach. Oh. <laughs> oh my god! You know what I just realized? That means that Kurt Rambus is going to be coaching Frank Nielakina, uh very exclusively in his first couple of years. Lockdown. I'm out. I'm in. When we were discussing our core earlier, we forgot about Michael Beasley. We got to correct that. The walking bucket. Walking there, were bucket. Knicks fans, there were Knicks fans saying, oh, he's, he has something to prove. Like, what? Shut up. Stop. I Knicks can't wait. Do this thing I can't we wait for just, all like, we the... Uh, and it's like he's all of a sudden he's great. Yeah. Former number two pick. People forget. Uh, no, I Michael. can't wait for everyone to come out of the fucking like, woods when, uh, when Melo finally gets traded. And Beasley starts for us. And they're just like, see, it's time. I told you. Beasley time. Oh, God. I might buy a Beasley jersey. I might sneakily buy a Beasley jersey. What numbers are you going to wear? You can't sneakily buy a Beasley jersey because they don't sell them. You're going to have to go custom make one on Nick's.com. That's why it's, that's why it's sneaky. Nobody's going to know yeah. until I show up with it. God, I can't believe he was a number two pick in the draft. Jesus Christ. Yo, he in college was absolutely disgusting. He was so good. Went to Kansas, Kansas State, right? Kansas State. Kansas State yeah. He he was one of the best college players I've ever seen. He that was good. Or was it? It was one year at K State, right? Yeah, yeah. He was strong. He was just stronger than everyone. 
It was, was like beast. 30 and 20. Yeah. God, how many teams has he played for? One, two. He's played for six teams. Drafted mm. by the Heat, right? He was even out of the league for a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah, he went to uh, he was a field for the Shanghai Sharks. And then Ooh. he played for the Shandong Golden Stars. Played for he played for Houston, right? Yeah, I. Mm. He played. I, I got it right here. He played for the Heat, Timberwolves, Suns, Heat again, Shanghai Sharks, Heat again. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Did he get a ring with the Heat? Um. Yes, he did. Um, NBA yes. champion Michael Beasley. I will have to correct myself. No, no, he forward. did not. No, he did nope. not. He does not. Right. I think they let him go. I think they signed him and then they let him go. Or I think that's the season that they lost. Actually, that's the season they lost. I'm sorry. They lost 11 and 14. 14. Yeah, 14. They lost 14 to Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he lost that one. Um, then he played for the Shandong Golden Stars, then the Rockets, then the Bucks, and now he is currently the greatest player in New York Knicks history. He's up. He's got to be top five. Mount, he's on the Mount Rushmore. I'll give him that. What is the Mount Rushmore? We have one? Jeez. Clyde Beasley. <laughs> Beasley. Uh, Ron Baker. Beasley. No, no trade clause, Rod Baker. And uh-huh. uh, wait, he has no trade clause. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my what favorite I, thing to bring up to like oh, Knicks fans. I see. I don't. That, 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 I can't. I cannot. Jesus. I think it's just like it's got to be Clyde Ewing, Beasley, no no move clause, Ron Baker, and then Clyde again. That's, that's Willis Reed won an MVP, but he never declared himself a walking bucket, so he's off. 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 Yeah, I just do you know what's sad? Like I just googled Jason Smith because I thought of Jason Smith, and he's not even the first Jason Smith that you Google. The first Jason Smith that comes up when you Google it is some dude who won the thirteenth season of Food Network star. That must suck <laughs> to be an NBA player and you're still less famous than some dude who won Food Network star. <laughs> I, mean, I still don't think that's worse than Chris Humphreys. I've never even heard of that show either. <laughs> God. I feel like following, I fo- following the last couple of years of Chris Humphrey's career in the NBA was just really sad. He was just like a, a budding star or like something at least passable. Decent, for a right? Yeah, he, at the Nets, he was like a double. Yeah, double on the Brooklyn Nets, like he was almost part of their core, and then he like married fucking Kim Kardashian and divorced Kardashian her curse. before he even signed with another team, and. Then remember he was just like, just looked were? sad on the court after that. Like he was just. But do you, got, like, you remember the, how bad the crowds were when oh. he would be at the free throw line, or if, like when he got into the game, they would. Oh my god! They like be cut out heads of Kim Kardashian crying. Like I, I specifically remember seeing those. That's wild, man. Imagine that. What, what? Oh god! And now Tristan Thompson's about to go through the same thing. Well, I think a really underrated moment in Twitter history is J.R. Smith shot at Chris Humphreys once on on Twitter. What did he say? I don't remember that one. Um, hold on. Let he me look this up because I remember this, but I just don't remember the wording here. In the meantime, so, Chris is a dude across the street from me today who was wearing a, uh, a Jared Smith Nuggets jersey and keeping the dream alive. All right. So when Chris Humphreys was on the Nets, this is 2013. Chris Humphreys said, big game tonight. The Garden got really quiet on the way out. Hashtag Brooklyn. J.R. Smith said, wasn't quiet when Kanye tore it down last month because Kanye had the line out Chris Humphreys. Yeah, I'd have uh, Jay drop him from the team. So, yeah. J.R. Smith, really legendary Knicks career. What do you think Legend. about it? Legend. That's a, good, uh, that's a good segue point. Bailey, I want you to take it from here. Oh, um, yeah. We're we talking about our merchandise. Yeah. 
All right, so us at the Knicks Wall recently started a merchandise section. We're starting to sell some shirts, and our first one is out. Um, depending on when you're listening to this, it may be on sale. It may not be on sale anymore. Either way, still delightfully cheap, either 14 or $20. It features a celebrating J.R. Smith mm. looking to the sky, mm. but in the sky is a delightful bottle of Hennessy, mm-hmm. and it is a beautiful shirt. It is over on sale at Tee Public. We'll put the um, link in the definition or the bio of this uh episode but we got a lot of great things coming but that's all we got right now and it's it's an amazing shirt it's doing well so far we're hearing a lot of good things about it so i hope to see everyone listening in it yeah we got some stuff we got some really good stuff coming up but for right now that's definitely worth buying for the record that it's going to be on sale september 13th 14th and 15th okay there you go that's a deal shouts anyway um you guys watch euro uh the euro league at all Anthony Randolph, about to get them hands. This was about to Bro, Kristaps could have smacked him from the baseline. Got the you, the wrong person. They keep on trying to test the boy. He's going to do something. I'm, I'm already, already watching Kristaps get Chris? angry. It only happens every couple of times. Every, you know, yeah. like maybe once or twice a year, but. Yeah, he caught Marquise Chris. Um, he had a thing with Dwight Howard in that Atlanta game. He dunked all over Dwight in that game. Howard. Yeah. Shape like a damn door. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Anthony Randolph, which is funny to me because remember everybody used to have the highest ceiling in the world for Anthony Randolph and thought he was gonna be something. He comes to the Knicks and claims out like we we claimed him as like as a reclamation project and like okay, watch him get some playing time here, maybe he becomes something. Look at him now. The craziest thing is Anthony Randolph is only twenty eight years old. Still he twenty. He's twenty eight years old. He's yeah. twenty eight. Like he flamed out of the NBA at like twenty six and. His whole thing was, look at all this potential. Like he's like a taller Lamar Odom, yeah. but like, nah, not like, it. Yeah, but like Lamar Odom can play basketball. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Randolph still probably leads whatever league he's in in potential per minute. He's got. He's always had a high potential. <laughs> Likely, yeah. PPM analytics. There, there's your uh, advanced stats. Do you, do you think that's kind of like jealousy? Like, I don't want to be like a psychiatrist or nothing, but I think that's like a jealousy type of thing. You see this guy that's coming. Now you're like, you're going to embarrass me on an international stage. <laughs> like, yeah, everybody I forgot know. I existed. <laughs> now you're going to come over here and drop buckets on me. And now I'm going to be in the news. Like, oh, on, and you know, people are making fun of Anthony Randolph all day watching him get, you know, scored on. So he's just like, he's probably pissed. His ego is probably hurt watching this guy coming from. You know, he, he's probably looking at him like this soft European dude or something like that. And, and you know, Chris Epps ain't no hoe. So, <laughs> that's a fact. Do you think, do you honestly think KP even knew who he was? No. Well, I think the well, other way around, I think Anthony Randolph has just been away from the world for so long that he uh, he didn't know who Chris Stops was. I hadn't thought about Anthony Randolph since, uh, yeah. Since whenever he got cut by the Knicks. Since 2011. I forgot he existed as a person. So, yeah. Now, Chris has absolutely had no idea who he was. Probably got told after the game and then laughed. <laughs> Chris Depps might become one of them stay-ready all-stars. Like, he seems like he stays ready at all times. Like, don't try him. Have you seen sure him people... lately? He, he's walking up. Yeah, he's getting yoked. Young Ivan Drago. <laughs> but I think, you know, I'm pretty sure guys go at him and talk crazy to him. Yeah. Games because, you know, he's this unicorn, unicorn, unicorn. They keep hearing about him and then... They get on the court with him, so they're probably talking reckless to him. 
I just want him. I, I just want one good time. I want him to catch a two-game suspension for shoving somebody on the ground or something. He has to give me something. I don't want anybody gooning up for him. I want him to do it. I think he definitely would. Like that. I don't think that's um, out do, of the question. Is, is Herman Gomez a goon? No, I don't no. think so. He doesn't. He's like, a goofball. Well, he's a, a goofball. I think. Yeah. See, because every think. every big man needs a goon. Like you see, Ewing had Oakley. Um, Elijah had Otis Thorpe. Shaq had a Horace Grant. You know what I mean? Like every big man or like every those types had a What do you think Joakim Noah's job on this team is? I don't know. Get paid. Smoke weed. Shop at Supreme. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If he's going to do anything with that like 17 million we're giving him a year, it better be hop off that bench and get in someone's face for KP. I don't care if that means he's facing suspension. He's definitely not playing anyway. So he's not playing for like the first ten games or something like that, right? Yeah, he's got that um, drug suspension. Yeah, he got. I think he. <laughs> but I, I think he's got like thirteen or fourteen left on that. I think. How he, did the Knicks see him play basketball and say it's a good idea to give him money? Like, how did that happen? That's insane. It's crazy. Did He'll you clap in notice, your face, though. Did you guys notice the one-off Noah highlight in the latest uh, hoodie mellow video? Yes. No, is there one in it? They there's, snuck one in? There's one Brooklyn. of, like, Noah sprawling out to hit a layup with no one around him. Like, literally looks like a, a starfish. And he's just putting up a layup, and there, there's not a soul around him. That's a big deal for him. Joking, Noah. Jesus Christ. Yep. He's and, 92 years old. You guys watch any of Billy in the, in the uh, Euro League, or is he just... Uh, that boy can pass, man. That's what I love most about his game. I want him to get tougher. I want him to rebound, like bang on the glass more. I understand that he needs to bang on the glass more. That's what we need. I just think that if, if he and if he and KP can work out a good dynamic between the two of them, that's that's really the big thing that we need. Like anything that's gonna keep him comfortable, like anything if Billy is the reason why KP develops, then I'm I'm more than stoked about it. But they need to keep those two around for a lot of reasons. Billy Hernan Gomez reminds me of a young Marcus Saul. I've often said this. You've often said that. I've, I've, my cousin, I've heard this. My, I heard it from you. My cousin is, he's all the way with this theory. The thing about Marcus Saul is, I felt like Marcus Saul was tough from the beginning. I never looked yeah. at him at all. I don't see, I'm, like, that's why I'm trying to ask myself, is Herman Gomez a goon now? Like, I don't see it for him. I definitely think, like, the Euro guys, I mean, they obviously get labeled soft right away until there's a confrontation. And we haven't seen Billy in one of these confrontations yet, but I don't know. Marcus was also, like, a really late bloomer when it came to development. Gasol like, didn't was, have a choice but to be tough. Good. He he was he needed to hit that, like, heavyweights camp. Oh, man, he was a fat yeah, fuck, man. Yeah, he was large in high school. So, wait, can I ask a question? Who's our goon? Do we have one? The Knicks was out of Kylo Quinn? No, Kylo Kyle Quinn's Kyle a goofball. Kyle Quinn, listen, he grew up right here in my neighborhood, all right? In Jamaica, really? Queens. Yeah, he grew up right here in my neighborhood in Jamaica, Queens. He's... Can you tell him to unblock us? <laughs> why, us. Why, why? What did you guys say? We, we were being we were nice. Out, no, was, we were tweeting out snarky to, um, replies to his, like, uh, his acronyms, and we were like decoding them. Yeah, but then I made that Photoshop where he had two MVPs, and then... I made a bunch of nice photoshops of him, and he. We, we fucking. He tried. I made a Christmas us. card with him on it, like. Yeah, we, I know him with a Santa beard. Yeah, we tried. We've done our part, Kyle. Anyway, Al, what were you saying about Kyle? 
he's not like that. He's not one of them. He's a nice, he's like a nice kid. Like, I, and I say that, like, with all due respect, like, there's, n- there's nothing wrong with being a nice kid. That's just what he is. Right. He's just right. Nice. He seems like he's artsy. He's a photographer. Like, he's yeah, he's not like that. Like, he's got, uh, he's got a lot of things going for him where it seems like he's not too concerned about being tough. Yeah, he's a family guy. He's a bad, like, he's not, a, uh, he's just a nice person. I Which like is, him. That's why it's sad that he has this block. Yeah, he's Beasley I mean, a goon? Beasley's not a goon, but not he's, like off, he's off his rocker. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I yeah. feel like he'll spaz out. Like, he's the, like, he has the wild card uh, badge in 2K18. Yeah, he has those, he has those dead eyes that you just don't know what he's going to yeah, do. Crazy ass killer. That's exactly yeah. who he is. You know who the yeah. last goon that the Knicks had on their team was? Meta World Peace. Yeah. Nah, um, Quincy AC, sneaky goon. Quincy AC is sneaky goon. A little bit. I don't know if Quincy is Quincy AC a goon. He got into it with John Wall on Christmas. <laughs> that's that's my uh, only example here. Not nah, doing Kurt, well. I think Kurt but... Thomas was our last goon. Kurt Thomas and Kenny Martin were our last. Kurt goons. Thomas was just a fucking idol. Kurt Thomas is the god. After that game in Utah, he became a god. That's it. He he cemented himself. That's what I love about him the most. Like he came back and cemented himself. And I always liked him before. Like he was all like, he reminded me of like the early nineties Knicks. He was the, like the tough guy there with his Chris, crazy eyes and stuff. So No, I agree, but he's just he's unforgettable now. Like he now had he, one last thing in the tank. Yeah, he's legendary now. Then, yeah, like, I think those yeah. are the last two goons. I don't think I don't think we had goons since then. Yeah, K Martin, uh, Kurt Thomas. Oh, K Mart, that's right. Forgot about K Martin there. K Mart's goon. K Mart's still a goon. I think. Yo, I went to a Big Three game, um, and watched K Mart play, and he is still absolutely a goon. I watched, I watched Kenyon Martin <laughs> get in. Um, fucking whose face was it? It's like a requirement to be in the Big Three. Like being a goon is. It was nothing. It was it definitely jail, in there. It was definitely jail ball. Like, it was nothing. <laughs> he was he was in the face of some other like ex Knicks guard. Uh, they were playing against each other in the game I was watching, and he was like, I was I was right there. Was I was, I was Mobley. I was shooting. No, it wasn't Mobley. I was shooting photos like on the baseline. I was right. There. I have this whole thing shot, and he was in the face of. I'm gonna remember right after we finish recording too. But I thought they were gonna go at it, man. And Kenny Martin's team is super exciting too because they had like Al Harrington and uh, James White on it. And then Richard you, you, McCants you're talk, you're is going Mike fucking Bibby? nuts. Is it Mike Bibby? I, oh, Mike Bibby Mike. wasn't on that team. He's he's on a different one. But Richard McCants, I, I I can't believe that he was like every I watched him play. He put up like twenty eight points in a fifty point game. He's, he's always also been like good. the youngest. Yeah, he's like the youngest of the big three people. I thought he was going to be a beast when he came out. Me too. Oh, that UNC team. I loved them. Yeah. Uh, Richard McCants is the one that came out and said that he like never went to a real college class when he was there, right? Yeah, the snitch. Yeah. Ruined it for everyone. Was it Lee Nalon? Yeah, the big three is just all former Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> was it? He is. Moochie Norris. Former Knicks. Moochie Norris. Larry Hughes. Former Nick. Like it? Yeah. It's all, it was just, all of them. A lot of them were on James the same White. team. Like J- James White was electric the entire game, and he played like it too. Like James White, this is finally the league that James White should have always been in because oh, he God. is excelling. I'm never gonna forgive James White for embarrassing me at the dump contest. Oh, that was oh. the worst. That was, the, oh, that, was a, that was what maybe the most uncomfortable I've been in my entire life. <laughs> he just watch, the hell out of this, man. Watch oh, him mess that up over and over again. 
I, I was I was genuinely sick to my stomach. I remember the feeling. It was terrible. And he's he's legit like amazing. He's he's legit flight. Like that's really him. He can get up. So to see him do like it was so embarrassing. Oh my it was god. So bad. I turned my back on the one fucking windmill dunk he had the entire game. The guy that I watched him at the big three game, but um I'm looking up right now to try to fucking see. It was a big deal for me to see who Kenya Bart was trying to fight. I think Belkonski dead guys after last year. Yeah, that one was trash, but the Zach was the, 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 the previous two were, were crazy. But last year was just my goodness. Sake. All right, quick, quick game. Who won last year's dunk contest? Because I was thinking about this the other day, like a couple weeks well, back, I and to, I totally didn't remember. I might be, be going to Google it because I don't, I don't know. I'm going to get upset if I didn't see the name. And if one was Can it. You, Mm, I, I almost want to ask for the name so I feel like I'll recognize it if I do. Was wait for what the dunk contest winner? Yeah, I don't know. I well, I know remember. someone named like Don Jones or something. Not Derek. That Derek from Phoenix. He was supposed to be the guy. He was like the D League guy who got called oh, wait. up specifically uh, for the dunk uh, contest. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Glenn Robinson won, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Glenn Glenn Ro- the third. <laughs> I was about to ask, Glenn is it Junior? Glenn Robinson or? did not win. Glenn Robinson, the third one. Yeah, the dunk contest isn't that dead, that Glenn it's Robinson tough. is out here dunking. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's team P1 for real? It was him against that Derek Jones kid from Phoenix. Which, who, he, he, was a total, he was a total lie. He was a total fraud. All right? That dude was a crazy. Like, he got up and, like, yeah. could jump over. He just couldn't finish his dunks. Yeah, his, his, YouTube, his YouTube is crazy, but then he comes to the dunk contest and does that. When did the dunk contest fall off? Was it when Dwight Howard brought out that second hoop that time and they carded Nate it? Robinson dunk contest. I'm sorry when to they, say. Nate Robinson killed the dunk contest. He used Dwight Howard's shoulders to jump over him. I don't mind that. I feel like the, the Blake over the car was it. That was so fixed. Oh, they justified the dunk contest, yeah. Oh, well, it's because he jumped no. over the hood of the car. Yeah, he shouldn't have been in the finals. I could, I could, have, I mean, I couldn't have dunked, but I could jump over. I probably can't. Did you but see that guy in that one tournament trying to uh, do the same thing? And he, he fell into the sunroof, right? He caught his fucking foot on the uh, yeah. on the door. Confetti went off. <laughs> See, I, I almost want that from the dunk contest now. I kind of want them to put under-qualified guys out there and just watch them hurt themselves at this point. But isn't you know, isn't that dunk contest do a that they versus do? versus rookie dunk contest. What's the dunk contest they do on TNT? Oh, that, like, the one where Gary Payton was... Um... Announcing for it or judging for it? Yeah, and they're all on the side and, like, they're yelling and Kenny Smith won't shut up. I, I think that's Every just called TNT inside the NBA. Game ever. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. no, uh, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called. It, I think it's like sponsored by Sprite or something. Um, yeah, I don't know what that's for. I think it's just a bunch of amateur dunkers, or I guess they're professional dunkers. They're just not professional NBA players. But yeah, I feel I feel like those guys should be allowed to be in the dunk contest. Yeah, because like, who really cares about the dunk contest? You know, it's that. It's a white guy. His name is Jordan something. I don't know his last name, but he's the guy that does like the no look dunks. Oh, in jeans, backpack. right? He's always like wearing mm. jeans. Yeah. I'm like, take That's off like your jeans stick. and you could do such a better dunk. Why are you wearing jeans? Because like it's it's the white guy that just comes out of the crowd and like, oh, you don't expect him to dunk because he's in jeans. He's like. It was the ninth year in a row that he's done it. Yeah. Like, put some ball shorts on. I want to I wanna put a bow on my big three thing and make a correction real quick because it wasn't Kenyon Martin getting in anyone's face. It was uh, it was actually Flight getting in uh, Mike James's face. Oh, and, Mike James. 
Nope, not a Nick, I don't think. No, and Mike James definitely wasn't. No, he wasn't no, a he, Nick. He was not a Nick. He's one of those guys, though, that you kind of, you're not really sure. Jerome uh, Junkyard Dog Williams was playing in that game, though. Or not in that game, but that day. And uh, I, I I honestly didn't even remember he was a Nick until uh, I had I went back and looked at his stats again. Um, he was definitely he was he was a Nick during like that those Marbury days, right? Yeah. There's a Harry Crawford. What do you here's here's the thing because when I was watching those two dudes, I feel like James White and Mike James are two were two very combustible players. They always had the chip on their shoulder while they were playing. Yeah, you know, they the in and out of the league got a fucking fight to come back, whatever. Who in the NBA like right now has that same kind of chip on their shoulder, like ready, ready to just go, like anything happens? Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly. Patrick yeah. Absolutely. Who who's in the Patrick Beverly league right now? Um, PJ Tucker. Now he does he doesn't go in and out of the league, but like he's got that edge on him. Yeah, he doesn't I mean, have he, to, but just 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 the guys who are ready, ready to risk it all. Hmm. Zebo's not there anymore. He, he's just moving weight from state to state now. So dog, he he's out here. I, I don't understand how people are still get, I don't understand how people are still getting arrested for weed. By the way, I don't understand that. Like it's legal. It's just a plant. Um, he's in California. Yeah, it's just like what the hell? Who cares? Um, that's such a good question. Answer. He, he, I want to think. He, he also it's, it's, it's bad radio, rate. but I want to sit and think. It was Ivan Johnson not too long ago. That he was he's still the scariest oh, Ivan the NBA terrible, player. Right? Oh, goodness sake. Still the scariest NBA player I've ever seen. What about Tabo? Freaking... Cephalosha? Nah, he got taken down by the NYPD. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different edge. Yeah. Um, um I don't know. There's I it's a weak league. I mean Lance that, Stevenson. That, 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 oh, 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 Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. Oh, Matt Barnes Stevenson. Barnes still count. How about Deadman? Is Deadman a thug? I'm trying to think. He's on the Spurs now. You don't really, no, he's, 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 no, he's on Atlanta now. Oh, he is? Yeah. My bad. Oops. What's, what's uh, going on with Adam Silver's NBA where players can't threaten each other anymore? Yeah, no, Millennials. It's gone soft. Snowflake. <laughs> They're not triggered. That's the issue. Yeah. Um... Who's a go- oh the Morris though well they don't go in and out but the Morris twins are the goons completely. I've always seen Ed Davis as a goon kind of I don't know why I don't know if he is. Uh, he, he was he on Portland now? Yeah, bro. Uh, he was very he was so good in two K one year I forget what two K it was I think like two K fifteen he was so good. He got the Austin Rivers boost. Marcus Smart. Is he one of yeah. them? He's, he's he wants to be. He just seems Boston tough to me, though. Yeah, like a poser, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Boston, is anybody? This is very. This is not basketball related at all. Um, did anybody see the Red Sox thing that's gone viral right now? Yeah, I just saw that. What's that? Okay, there's a huge sign. There's a huge sign on the Green Monster out there in left field, and it says, um, "Racism as is as American as baseball." Oh wow! Yeah. I think Which, it's a anti-racism. No, it's anti-racism, definitely. Yeah, but it's, still uh, bold. It's crazy that it's there out of all places. Yeah, yeah like in Boston, they're doing this. Like, Another off, uh, off basketball topic. How do you guys feel about the uh, ESPN stuff going on with Hill calling Trump a 
white supremacist, and now the White House is calling for her to be fired. I, I can't believe. First of all, they can't do that. They're the White House, so, like, can't just call for. It's so annoying. Second of all, like, I I thought it was terrible that they made her apologize. Well, it's one of those things that like both sides is like super offended by. Like yeah. that ESPN had to issue the the apology. Like people more to the left are saying like why did why does why do you have to apologize for what she said and then like the other side is like well this is the only discipline you're giving her and it's like espn's trying to tiptoe this line that is going to still anger both sides and like i i mean i don't really know what to think espn should do when it comes to penalizing their talent like obviously jamel hill has such a valuable talent at this point that they can't just fire her like she is the co-host of the six o'clock show like that's the big sports center show they, they structured that around her yeah her why Michael. even why even let that why even put that statement out i, I mean i get was, why I they put the statement out. yeah i get why they did it but i don't think they should i think it angered me i mean and so many people especially younger people are already so out on espn and feel like espn's disconnected in a lot of ways um and I think they just drove that even further with this. Like they just they just hurt they hurt themselves so often. All they have to do is like nothing and just do what they do and they hurt themselves so often with stuff it, like that. It pissed me off on two ends. For one, it's a black woman that said it, right? <clears throat> and obviously what she was saying, listen, I'm gonna agree with one hundred percent. But here's another thing is that when Sage Steele was saying things of the on the other end of the spectrum, nobody reprimanded her. Right. Why, people like, were just people were just as upset. Like people were just as upset with what everybody she said. Everyone we were, was upset. Everybody was pissed, but no, nobody reprimanded her. There was no statement made then. When um, you know, Stephen A. Smith tap dances. When the, what's the fat boy's name that used to be there? I got I hate Whitlock. When he was there, nobody said anything. So why is it that they're they're allowed to do all this tap dancing on these issues, but when somebody says something on the other end of it, this there has to be statements made. They're trying to silence us while giving, while empowering everything that we're saying that we hate. No, one hundred percent. It's also just ridiculous that, like, official policy, like you, you got White House. You have it was it was officially the White House who called for her to be fired, right? That's the most supremacist thing ever. I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little behind on on what's actually been going on all day, but that's just it's completely like it's mind blowing. It's preposterous, and to me, it's like it's just them, the White House, pushing the envelope as far as it can go now. You know, yeah. like. You just see all these signs. You hear everyone talking about this dystopia that we're heading towards and everything like that. And then you see things like this where they're calling for a, a sports anchor to be fired for criticizing the president, like one of our, our given rights in this country. Um, and it, it, it's, it's just it's way out of proportion. It, it's a racist thing. It's it's just I, I'm so fed up with this yeah, whole thing she, it, it's hard to talk about it it gets, it gets hard to really talk about no, just listen i, I feel the same up, all the time like that I, I was just i just saw something mentioned about it to me just now so that's how i brought it up and you know what's crazy to me about it right <laughs> is they're gonna tell her to stick to sports right cool right when this dude uh the, the tight end from cincinnati uh tyler eifert i saw yeah, that too he says i'm gonna stand and I, this is why i stand nobody told him stick to sports when J.J. Watt, thank God he did, raised all that money he did for the people in Houston, which they still need help. When he raised all that money, did anybody tell him to stick to sports? No. So why are we blurring? The, why are we stopping? On the, along the same lines, is anyone telling the president here to stick to fucking, you know, governing yeah, stick a to country? politics. 
or, or stick stick to real estate, which you can, he didn't even do that great. Yeah, and we're we're even beyond that point now. We're, it's like you know, it, uh, oh, believe me, I, I want Donald Trump. I don't even want Donald Trump to go back to real estate. I imagine that there's going to disappear. I want him to disappear. Yeah, I, want him to I go. mean, fucking everyone does, but like, well, not everyone because he has voters, but you know, sensibly minded Americans. Yeah. Um, and basically the rest of the world. Um, it's it's just no one's telling him you know to stick back to what he's got to do. No one no one's telling Donald Trump to stick to making policy. No one's telling Donald Trump to go back to real estate. No one's you know he he's in no position to say that they she needs to stick to sports or that you know if if we're firing people based off of stepping outside the lines of their job, we got something to talk about, buddy. And the thing that the thing that really struck me because I sat and I did think about this a lot the Jamel Hill stuff was like. I thought of like other people in ESPN. I don't think I don't think they make that apology. And I don't think it's a big deal if Scott Van Pelt says that, and he's just as big a name, just a big personality, and everything. So then that's just like crossing into so many other territories there. But like if Scott, like, do you really think if Scott Van Pelt says that that it's as big a deal as it is? Absolutely not. They just rehired Hank Williams Jr. I know. This like dude Lewis called Spanish. Obama compared Obama to Hitler, and like there was there wasn't an apology for that. Like. Just be consistent no they, matter what. They fired Rob Parker yeah. for calling RG3 a cornball brother. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm what? With, just stay consistent yeah. with, like, just, both sides, whatever. But here's the thing that's crazy to me about this country in whole, and I'm sorry for bringing this topic up. because No, going thank you for, like, for bringing you know, a dialogue to the table. It's fine. I'm, I'm fine. But <laughs> people are more upset at her calling him a, a white supremacist than him being a white supremacist. And it's like, what are we looking at here? They yeah, won't even like, denounce the term white supremacist. No. The White he's House, uh, they, they won't denounce it. It's, it. If he's so upset about being called a, a white supremacist, then why why are you allowing this not like not to be in a, like a hate group? Like, I'm waiting for them to walk down. I'm waiting for them to come to Queens. Come to Jamaica, Queens, please. I, I want one of them to come to Jamaica, Queens. I would love them. I would, I would write them. Open house. Uh, please the, other, the other thing was there was a joint resolution to like condemn all the hate crimes that happened in Charlottesville, which was not very long ago, um, it passed in both um, the House and um, the Senate, and the White House is just, like, pausing. Like, they haven't yeah. signed it yet. But, like, they've already reacted to the Jamil Hill thing. Of course. Like, they, they, their, game, their game is exactly what we're talking about now. Their game is fodder. It's Twitter fodder. Their game is that. Whatever gets people talking. That's their game. Their game is to stay into that while they're doing all the other stuff. See how we're talking about this? They're going to pass a bill tomorrow or the next few weeks that's going to fuck us for years to come. And we're not even going to be paying attention to it because of the stuff that they're doing in, in the media. That's how they're going on. And like, I'm not even a, like, a politics guy like that, but I, I can just see what they're doing. Like, I, I can't believe he's the president. It's <laughs> all, but that, that's the scariest part about the whole thing is that it's all just in plain sight. Like we we all know exactly what's going on. Like it's it's exactly what everyone was warning about for you know months to come. The fact that all this is happening at such an accelerated rate is disheartening, to and say the least. There, and and that right there, right? Obama's thing was about change and stuff, right? It's in eight years, he's done and he's undone everything that Obama did in eight months. It, it took Obama eight years to just seem like we were making progress. I, I specifically and, on on that too, like. It, it, I remember the day that I remember the election night because I had I had done some work uh, for Obama's administration. I had done a little bit of, of you know other kind of uh, you know liberal focused work on the side, but like it was just that you know when you realize that 
she wasn't going to win and that he was, I just, I will never forget that feeling of being like fucking all that work I did for a couple of years. All that work that the country did for a few years is gone. There was, um, and it's just like the, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to Mark Maron's podcast, but he used to be a, a political guy, kind of just like a entertainment dude now, comedian. Um, he had Obama on one time and Obama said that like change gets made in increments. You know, you're, you're never going to change the world by trying to move to, you know, like you're never going to by trying to move both hands on the clock, you know, super far in advance. You got to move five minutes at a time. And that doesn't apply when you're trying to tear the whole thing down. And that's really the most frustrating thing to it. The patient work that got put into it for years and years and years just being uprooted in, you know, the course of an election. I just I, I just can't the parallels, just the parallels between Obama and Trump, like it just, ma- I think it makes him look so. Trump looks so much worse. He's, he, it's, it's almost impossible to make someone who looks as bad as he always does worse. But like, just when Obama put out a statement, like the statement he put out on 9/11, the statement he put out after Charlottesville, or the statements he put out after the hurricanes, like it's just insane. The the parallels and the comparisons, like we have a president who can't speak in complete sentences. Like he couldn't hold a conversation like we're holding right now on a, on a Knicks podcast, and he's the president <laughs> of the United. It's it's astounding. I it just is, saw the sign hanging above uh in in uh in Fenway. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't I I really can't believe that. that I can't believe that happened in Boston at all. That, yeah, that's awesome. the I wanna know how long it uh how long it stayed up or if they went and made him take it down. Obviously, because I mean it was in play, so they had to take it down. But yeah. no, there there are those people are out of that stadium. Yeah. Um well anyway, I appreciate uh I appreciate that talk, Al. That really uh, it's no good problem. to get a lot of that off my chest. Listen, I, I understand. And like Obama still feels like the president of the United States, you know, like he does. <laughs> the way he's like what you guys are just saying, like the way he talks and the way that he makes statements is like I'm looking to you for answers still. I don't look to those other guys for answers at all. This shit sucks, man. Yeah. Like remember the day after he got elected, how New York felt? It felt like it was like a you know, the Wild West with tumbleweeds and stuff. I remember being on the subway and I remember seeing people crying and everybody was just yeah. quiet. I live in Chicago. It's the same thing out yeah, here. Uh, it's the same thing out here. It was Unfortunately, none of us are actually in the city. Okay. This, the sentiment is similar. No, I, I drank. I mean, I, I, think I, remember... I drank like a fifth of Johnny Walker and then slept through class for two days. So it was kind of similar. Well, I got to pass. I got to pass Trump Tower in Chicago every day at work. And it was just the, those first couple of. First couple of weeks, first couple of months, it's tough. It was nice though. I was in Atlantic City this summer, and his his resort there like went out of business and closed and everything. So that was nice to see. I was just hoping that fucking Mar-a-Lago got destroyed by that hurricane. <laughs> that was crazy. I saw it was like it was in the the it right, was right like there. This, yeah. That would have, that would have been great. Down the middle. Um, all right. Well, appreciate uh, the talk. Let's. Uh, Let's focus on you, Al. What are you up to? I'm working. Always writing and creating stuff. I'm trying to launch new platforms. Uh, The newest platform I'm going to launch is the Inventive Network. Um, It's going to be a subscription-based TV network, Um, kind of in the mold of like a Hulu and Netflix, but it's going to be all original programming. Mm. And the reason I wanted to do it is because uh, (laughs) I wrote a script I want to say uh, three years ago and oh, four years ago, excuse me. And it was bought by whatever studio and such and such and such. Mm-hmm. I got paid for it. Awesome. 
it's still sitting on a shelf somewhere. Sure. Not being made. Who cares? I don't own it. If they make a movie from it, I probably get like less than one percent of the profits if it ever happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you probably and I, like and a percentage that, or something, but you guys. I cash. don't create. I don't create for that. If I wanted to do that, I'd go get a job. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't knock people with jobs. I'm just saying, like, that's what I wanted to do. If I just cared about the paycheck, I would just go get my like. I'll just go be a janitor or something. No disrespect to janitors. I'm just saying, I would just go do work. Mm-hmm. So that's not what I want. I want to create because I want to create. I want people to see the stuff that comes from these, you know, late night sessions in the dark when I'm sitting here biting my nails and I want people to see these things. And I know that I'm not the only person that feels this way. So creating this network is like our outlet is our platform. Why not do it ourselves? Especially now for me, the way I look at stuff is you recreate, we have Wi-Fi. you get to the consumer. I don't really need much else. Like why, what else do you need? All you need is like one, like, you need one person to say, you know what, this is amazing. And then it starts spreading and starts spreading and starts spreading. So I want to help. I want to be the person I didn't have coming into this uh, creative industry. Yeah. I want to be that for somebody else. You know what I mean? And I, like yesterday, just real quick, yesterday I saw somebody like, oh, I hate when people say, let me pick your brain. And they don't ask how much do I charge? Like what? That's our problem now. Nobody ever helps anybody. It's always, you know, we're always trying to hustle each other instead of helping each other. And that's like when we're so far behind. And like, to me, I don't want that. I want to help people. I want to, I don't want to be the person just to say, I put you on. I want to see you do good. Like, cause you're going to be like whoever you're going to become who you're going to become with or without me. I just want to help you get there faster. So I feel like that's what this platform is. Like if somebody creates a show and say, whatever, ABC goes, you know what? I want that show. And they buy the show. I, I have nothing to be mad about. It's your show. Go do that. I want it to be like a launching pad, a breeding ground, a launching pad for people to start their career. So that's what I'm working on now. Um, one of the first shows that we're going to have on there is going to be a basketball show called Three the Hard Way. I think Trey has something to say about that one, right? Al actually approached me and um, offered me to be one of the three hosts on said show Ooh. alongside uh, Snotty Drippin' and Kevin Lewis, Clue. He was on last week's show. Snotty will be upcoming. Um, yeah, so like I'm really looking forward to that. Um, thanks, Al, for believing in me and that's all you. And thinking that I'm funny. Uh, Kev wants to fight me for my tweets. Al wants to help me promote my tweets to a larger base. So a dynamic. Uh, just uh, thanks, Al, uh, for giving me a chance, and really look forward to it. To be honest, that's all you, man. Sounds hey. incredible. Hey, we're all looking forward to it too. So, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm pretty stoked about it. The whole concept sounds just uh, fascinating to me, man. Yeah, you know what it is with this thing? And it's, listen, it's so hard. I don't want anybody to sit there and think that this is easy. I lose sleep. I've lost money. I've lost whatever, but it's worth it to me. I mean, and I know that sounds crazy, but listen, everything had to start somewhere, right? So why not? This is just the beginning. And and you know what? For me, it's like, I don't want to hide it. You know how like most people just pop up and like all of a sudden they're everything looks perfect. I want to show people from the beginning. I want to show people how we're building it from the ground up because I want people in 10, 15, 20 years to be like, damn, I remember when that just started. Yeah. I remember when they were, they were just talking about it on a podcast. I remember I want people to feel that way. I want people to understand that they can do it, too. I want I want to show the process and the steps, especially to like people younger than me. I'm 33. And people younger than me, I don't want them to get the misconception that everything is so easy. Because especially with social media, everything just looks always so easy. Nobody ever puts their lowlights on there. Everything is highlights. 
you would think, you know, life is a highlight film. My life is not a highlight film. My life is, I wake up in the morning, I'm sitting here like, oh shit, did I eat yesterday? Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm, still, I'm working, it's real life, you know, just like we all have. So I want people to be able to see that, especially creative people, because I know the same struggles that they're probably going through that I still go through more, probably even more than they do. Because now I'm like, I don't want to say I'm risking, I, I, it's, not, it's not a risk to me, but I'm risking it all everything this is it like if this doesn't work i'm gonna have to i don't know screw in light bulbs at a hospital or something you like that's gonna be my job that that's that's what makes it work though it's, it's yeah i'm, I'm being on the forced fly. into Every, a creative process is what makes you great 100 percent. because there's not i have no net you know but at the same time that's what i want like i don't ever want anybody to feel like they're working for me no you're working with me or you're just doing your own thing because i'm never I, that's not what I'm in this for. I'm not in this to, I'm your boss and I just look so important. No, for what? For, no, I want to actually help people. Like, and especially with the way that the world is, going back to the stuff that we were just talking about, right? This is my way of combating that, is to help people with their creative spirit. Especially now, I think right now is the, the time that we should all, you know, punch everything that's going on in the world in the face with our creativity. This is the time to flex your muscles and show what you can do. Because, listen, if this guy can be the goddamn president, who are you to think that you can't become whatever you want to become? You know what I mean? And I, I hate to use that situation to do that, but at the same time, it's, it's what's happening. Yeah. It's, it's reality. So I, I want, I just want to help people. That's it. I just want to help people in a way I never was helped. Like, I had to do everything by myself to coming up. I mean, I was 19, and I started, I was a photographer. And, man, I would go out. I would either have enough money to get back home or eat. It was one of the two, right? So it was a lot of nights of me eating and jumping the turnstile to get back home or like jumping out of cabs to come back home. So the struggle was real, still is, and it's like I'm just happy to share it with other people so that they understand that building something from the ground up is not easy. Don't let Instagram fool you. Don't let Twitter fool you. I have bags under my eyes. I look older than I am because of stress, but it's worth it. It's worth it, especially if I can help somebody. One helping one person to me is saving saves my life. It makes my life all the way worth it. And that's what I want this network to be. I want this network. I want it to end up being Trace, not even Kevin, end up having a producer. This these guests come on here. They end up getting their own show. They do that, and it's just like this big tree of things coming. And just it starts here. And it's, I don't want it to be Al's network or Al, nah. It's our thing. It's all of our things. Whoever has a creative idea, let's go. I, I just one thing that does stuff for me is just like when people start pitching me stuff, but people have been pitching me ideas and stuff, and I, and I have to tell them no. That sucks for me. I don't like telling people no yeah. and like telling them that the idea sucks. But at the same time, their ideas do suck. Like somebody told me like this cartoon robot story. I'm he's probably listening right now. I'm sorry, you suck. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do it. I was like, no way, get out of here. And so he you didn't like that idea I had. <laughs> Like is this car- how I find out? Cartoon robot, and it was just like the dog was in the robot suit. It was just some weird shit. And I was just like, listen, I'm into weird stuff, but that that was too much for me. But yeah, man, it's network. That's that's the next thing. And I have something else that I have. I'm gonna launch in a few months for photographers because I still have a passion for photography. I just I fell out of love with it because of all the politics that were in it. Like when you start making money in something, you you start noticing how everything changes behind it. And I started making real money behind photography, and then it just got it got weird. It was just like, okay, I got started treating me different, and I started acting different. I can't like, let me not like 
you know, uh, not speak about my faults in it too. I started thinking I was way more important than I was. That's and, the fault you fall into as a creative though. Yeah. You know, your ego starts, your ego starts leaving your creativity and starts going into who you think you are on the outside world. And it was just bad. The whole thing was bad. Like, it was, I, I was, I made nothing. Like when I tell you, when I started, I was making, I was paying people to get in because I was younger than the legal limit to get into these places. Right. I was under 21 and I would be like paying bouncers to let me in so I can come in and get some shots at a club. Hopefully Diddy was there one night so mm-hmm. I can get that picture put in the newspaper, whatever. Right? And <laughs> it got to the point where they started seeking me and all that. Right. But then it was just like, I started getting invited to parties just to be there, you know, and that goes to my head. I'm, t- I'm 1920. Damn, you can't that do that. Is, uh, yeah. You can't you can't make that up. <laughs> no, ni- I'm nineteen twenty and like I'm getting invited to be at these parties. I have a Diddy story if you guys really wanna laugh. Yeah, really, really, really. Yep. I'm here for it. Um this is like during the band. Right? Yeah, making like, the band? This is like during making the band, Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. Like this is this is that time, right? So there was a club um called Babu's on forty fourth between eighth and ninth. And what was next door was Daddy's house, which is the Bad Boys recording studio. So this is around the band and when Mace was coming back. So I want to say, what, 2004 or five, right? Well, Welcome Back just came out? Yeah, yeah. This is, okay. just, this is right before it's about to come out. And they had the listening party there. And then the, the after party was at Babu's, the club. And what was crazy was that Diddy had like a tunnel. <laughs> I kid you not. It's not like an underground tunnel. like no. But it was just like this thing where he didn't have to walk in and out he just walked straight through to the club from his recording studio it was the wildest thing i had seen so <laughs> we, we go to the party i'm like their photographer because like one of the guy that used to bring the records to the clubs i'm not going to say his name because i hate the guy now but like we were cool back then and he invited me to like just be like i guess answer like be the guy that takes the pictures of the what's going on right so i'm taking pictures taking pictures of that the next day i get invited to come to the studio he's like yo i'm gonna be working with the band i want you to come get some shots of them cool so i come Damn, take the sweet. shots of everybody that they're all cool man they're reality like i watch them on tv reality like i don't watch reality tv now but then oh my god the between making the band and flavor of love come on i was addicted so like <laughs> i'm sitting there I'm, I'm with all these guys and i'm laughing next thing you know diddy comes in stares at me leaves comes back who the fuck is this motherfucker talk about me <laughs> Yeah, I can now, hear Diddy say that in his voice. Mind you, I'm 21, 22. I'm shitting bread. This is Puff Daddy, take that, take that, like yelling at about me. So I don't, I'm just going to get the fuck up and leave. I'm not going to do nothing stupid. I'm not going to try to act like some tough guy or be brave. So I, I stand up to leave. He was like, yo, I don't want you coming up in this motherfucker no more. Don't come there unless you hear it from me. So I leave. As I'm going downstairs, the guy that invited me there at the beginning, he was like, I'm sorry about that, man. Come back another time. I want to just come back. So, of course, me at that time, I'm so hungry to get on. I come back the next day, right? So, oh, no. I, I, yes. <laughs> I go back the next day. Same situation. Diddy sees me. I, I, I'm not making this up, by the way. I swear to God, I have like witnesses and everything about this. Diddy <laughs> comes. Same thing happens. He looks at me, walks away, comes back. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, get, I'm gathering my belongings because I know I'm about to get kicked out, right? So, I'm getting all my photography stuff. And he was like, yeah, you're a bold motherfucker, man. Like, <laughs> you're not and you came back the next day? 
He's like, yo, man, you got clothes to put on? He's like, gave me a bunch of, sh- like, they, they, they went to this um, office, gave me a bunch of Sean John stuff. Told me I'm, I'm going to come to the club with them. I was like, you guys want me to take pictures? He was like, nah, just come hang out. Jesus. What? So I'm coming to hang Now I'm rolling with them. But here's the thing. Let me not lie to you. Let me give you the full story about this. I didn't go, like, in a Maybach or in, like, this, you know, bulletproof SUV or nothing. No, I went into the, I went with the Bad Boy Street team. <laughs> like, I was sitting in the back of the Bad Boy Street team van. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm cramped in the back of this van with mad posters falling on me and stuff like that. Whatever, right? Listen, I'm doing whatever I got to do to get on. So, I get out then everybody's in front i'm rolling through the club with diddy i felt like i was in a movie i couldn't believe it mind you this is all in one day i had like a singular wireless phone my battery was probably like still on 98 because back then your phone never died back then i was still like on 98 and i, I think um maroon 5 she will be love was my ringtone at the time because i had to run and i was like it was just so we get to the club Freaking Maxwell is sitting next to me, talking to me, and he's Haitian, so he's talking to me in Creole because the guy that I'm with introduced me as, told me that, told him that I'm Haitian. So me and Maxwell are sitting there talking in Creole to each other in the middle of the club. I'm drunk oh now. God. I go to the bathroom. I get kicked out the bathroom. Why? Because Diddy doesn't allow anybody to be in the bathroom while he's there with him. So like, <laughs> it's a bathroom at the club. Everybody has to get out. So we're all. I'm I'm like in the middle of a piss and I'm getting kicked out the bathroom by Diddy's security guard, whatever. So I'm about to leave. Diddy's bodyguard goes here and gives me a card that you'll come back tomorrow. So then for like, I don't know, uh, I want to say like two, three weeks while Mace was like doing his promo run, I was running around taking pictures of him and Diddy and all that stuff. It was the wildest. That's it was so- literally like that happened in my life. I can, I mean, I'm pretty sure if you ask Diddy tomorrow, does he have any idea who, who I am? He'll look at me like, what? Who's this? But I'll never forget it. That's like that was what, 12, I, 11 years ago. It's I don't incredible. know what the best part of that story is. The fact that Diddy <laughs> has a tunnel or that he's a shy pisser. Yeah, no, listen, I think something else goes on in the bathroom when he goes in the bathroom, you know? I guess he doesn't want anybody taking pictures of him in the bathroom or he's probably doing a little China White, but <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. But it's, 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 it's the truth. Um, most of these guys do that. Don't let any of them fool you. Um, not for but, a second. Yeah, so I, it's just weird. Like, there's a bunch of weird celebrity stuff that's happened that I've seen, and it's just like, oh god. I remember Tracy Morgan drank with drank a bottle of vodka with me at Chelsea Diner to like six o'clock in the morning, talking about um before it came out. And he was telling me all about it. And I'm I'm so drunk that I like, I, I remember he was telling me about a TV show, and then until I saw it on TV, I didn't realize that's what he was talking about. <laughs> he was telling me about Thirty Rock like a year before it happened. And he was smoking weed with my cousin outside the window of Chelsea Diner. Like, we opened the front windows, and we were just sitting there, and, like, we just got drunk. Then he calls – he he got my uh, website card, calls the number. I end up hanging out with Tracy Morgan for, like, two, three weeks in New York. He would pick me up to go take pictures of him. Like, the amount of pictures I have of Tracy Morgan, it makes me seem like a stalker. Like, I have him in the club with his shirt off, standing on – like, it's just wild. So he took me to, like, a Jada Kiss album release party. And like it's a picture of I have a picture of me, Jadakiss, Trey Daddy, Tracy Morgan. It's a bunch of us. It's like a bunch of people. And I was one of them. You know what I mean? Like for that night, I was like one of them. And and again, this is where my ego got into this thing because like I'm thinking I'm one of them when I ain't shit. So I, but at the time you couldn't tell me nothing because I'm just they made me feel so welcome. 
So like I caught that uh, I'm gonna say like this the Hollywood thank God this didn't happen in Hollywood because I'd probably be a junkie by now. No offense to the junkies, but like the way that they had us it made me feel so comfortable. I can see why people like get really caught up in that life. Thank God I didn't go down like that dark of a, of a way, but it's easy to get caught up in that nonsense, man. Easy, easy, easy to get caught up in that. But yeah, that's that's kind of where I started from. So like all. Like the way people know me, I, it always makes me laugh when people say like, "I didn't know of you before Twitter." Like everybody knew what I did before Twitter, they just didn't know it was me. You know what I mean? So it's it's pretty funny. Like when people start, well, something like that. Yeah, I don't like Batman. Like that. I think I think I think Batman is he's a weirdo a little bit. <laughs> Who's a billionaire and wants to fight crime instead of just buying protection? He wants to go out there and do it himself. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, this might be one of our. This might be our record for one of our longest, huh? It's got no, be. no. We've gone to two hours before. Really? Yeah. Get out of here. Oh, this is nothing. None of them. This is a breeze. <laughs> um. All right. Well, Al, thanks for coming on. We'd love to have you again Hold sometime on, soon. A, oh, I, oh, 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 oh. Try, try. Oh. Al, as a Knicks fan, oh. how do you love Reggie Miller so much? Okay. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Because I've gotten this all right. He's my second favorite player ever. My favorite player ever is Scottie Pippen. Because I used to want to get my hair cut like Scottie Pippen. And I used to want to play like Scottie Pippen, right? Right. As kids, what's the thing that you do when you take a jump shot as a, as a kid? You say your favorite, you say a player's name, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So my cousin was Jordan. My other cousin was, I forgot who he is, like, uh, I forgot who, who my other cousin was. But, like, that, that was kind of taken. So when I would see Reggie... That was just the thing to do. I was skinny like him. I was tall and slinky like him. And I would shoot jumpers. It was Reggie. That's what it was. And that's, I would just keep on doing that. And I would just keep on saying Reggie. And that's how he became one of my favorite players. You know, when you're a kid, you don't care. Like, I was eight. Yeah. Nine, you don't really care about that type of stuff. Looking back on it now, I, I mean, he blocked me on Twitter. And he sent me a – he threatened me via email. Well, he's like a second threat me via email. Because I wrote an article about him. And, he, like, they were pissed about it. But – Whatever. Reggie Miller? Yeah, I like Reggie Miller. I don't know. I mean, he's he's one of the most overrated players in NBA history. Ooh, talk player. about it. He is. He's on, he, he played good in, like, five series. That's it. Like, his legacy is five series. Sure, he, he hit a lot of threes in his career. Absolutely. I can never give him that. I, I won't take that away from him, but he's a glorified Kyle Korver. Ooh! Glorified Ooh. Kyle Korver. Oh, my God. What, I am so what, happy to hear that. What, I would have Jason Capona. What did Reggie Miller do? He did one thing. Yeah, he could shoot real well. And he could move off the ball. He was like Rip Hamilton. If Rip Hamilton had like three more feet of range. Yeah, but his thing, Richard Hamilton could play defense. Yeah, he could scrap. With yeah, those and, 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 and Richard Hamilton could create his own shot if he had to. Like, I'm not saying he was great at it, but if he had to, he can create his own shot. Could Reggie Miller create his own shot off the dribble? Absolutely not. Not like consistent. No, maybe once or twice he'll do that little, like, little yeah. clean runner type of thing that he would do. Other than that, no. It was off screens, off screens, off screens, and hit a big shot, which I, I can't knock the big shots that he's hit because he's hit some huge shots, had some huge fourth quarters, huge games, but it was basically John Starks made his career. So And Spike Lee. Yeah, I want to say more John Starks because, yeah, sure, you can say Spike Lee because he was yelling at him, but John Starks should have guarded him. Like, right. John Starks is about that. I hate John Starks, by the way, guys. Like, I hate him. I told him to his face that he, like, me and him got into an argument. 
like a real argument. It was against the Bulls, and we were sitting there. I told him he ruined my childhood, and like I was drunk, but <laughs> we started yelling, started yelling. He started yelling back at me, and everybody knew me by that time. Like by then, they knew me as that guy in that section, and I just kept on yelling at him. And he, <laughs> he was yelling back at me, stupid drawl that he has, and stuff like that. And then I seen him <laughs> on, on the street during the Big East. Like we were headed toward the Big East tournament. I was walking into my school garden. We saw him in the street, and I told him again. I was like, "Yo, man, I fucking hate you," and I said it just like that fucking hate you john starks and i just i was like pissed about it and everybody was laughing he started laughing like he waved me off i was like yo i don't think this guy understands i'm bigger than him john starks for real like john starks you know what you know what a story i heard my uncle told me i don't know how true this is by the way but my uncle told me that john starks before jordan hit, hit the uh the, the double nickel game like at the circle he said ever since you've been gone i've been the best two guard you're about to see something oh, like he told him something like that Oh no! And that's what made Jordan say, "Okay, all right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got something for you." I don't, I don't know how, how much of that is BS, but like, does that not sound true? Like, that sounds like something that would happen. Yeah, hundred percent. Reggie Miller's best games ever were against him. Michael Jordan, fifty-five, won him what five, six games back out of retirement. Like, it's so. It's who's more? Who's more overrated then? Is it Reggie or is it uh, is it John Starks? Reggie Miller's the most over. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, Starks is rated that high outside. Yeah, of I was gonna say outside of mm. outside of New York. Not all right, all right. Change the question. Hometown bias. Indiana Pacers fans versus New York Knicks fans. Who rates their respective player higher? They do absolutely. Yeah, we have reason to like John Starks. At least I understand why John Starks is like he was bagging groceries. He dunked on Horace and Grant. He, to dunk on Jordan too. I mean, <laughs> dunk on Jordan too. No, but like he went from bagging groceries to six man of the year and all star. Like we have reasons to. Wow, that's great. Reggie Miller was just okay. Okay, he has some playoff heroics, but what did he really get them? Even the year that they made the finals, was he really the reason that they went to the finals, or was it like their defense and everybody else? Maybe Patrick. Yeah, he had a good that. team around him. Or not Patrick. I'm thinking uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Never mind. Yeah, but here's the thing, too. Not, oh, God. That would be a whole nother podcast because the Knicks, they never had a number two guy while Ewing was here. And everybody dumps on Ewing. And it's just like if John Starks was half as good as Knicks fans say he was, we would have won the ring. Because that game, I'll never get it out of my head for as long as I live. That game six in 94, I'll never forget that. As long as I live, somebody has to make up for that. Like, like you know how like the Red Sox. Since we were talking about the Red Sox earlier, how like Bucky Dent got. Oh, who was what was his? Was it Bucky Dent? No, who was it? I'm sorry. In Bucky the '80s, and then um, Aaron Boone in 2000. Bob 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 Buckner. Buckner. Oh, Bill Buckner. Bill Buckner. He, you see how like they embraced him after that, like because they broke the curse. Until yeah. somebody, until we win, John Starks is going to be public enemy number one to me. He has to be. He's the reason that we lost. You'll be happy to hear that because I'm doing a lot of the merchandise stuff over the Knicks wall, and I've, I've, I'm currently forbidden to make a John Starks shirt. So you'll for, be happy to hear that. For any anyone listening who wants to buy a John Starks t-shirt from the Knicks wall, it's not happening. Oh, somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> why, or, why is that? There's just so much of it. Like, there's so like much shit out there like of John so Starks dunking like, over Horace Grant and Michael Jordan from a really good angle. Like, it's it, it, there's just there's pictures, there's posters, there's t-shirts, there's fucking baby onesies of it like i i don't need to see any more of it it's what also you can buy a you can buy a baby onesie of our jr smith you sure can you sure can get that kid ready 
We should get we should make an L um inspired John Starks jersey or shirt where it's just like a red X over John Starks' face. Just with yeah. I hate you, John Starks. <laughs> me with me with a me with a um a freaking grocery bag over my head. Yeah. Al, Al I dunking get, over John Starks. I wanna I wanna bring it full circle and get a uh I wanna get a Mount Rushmore of just worst Knicks or most overrated Knicks from Al and then we'll just make a t shirt out of that. I can't give you my I can give my eyes my eyes closed about Jared Jeffries. Yep. Just because of what in Boston, off of that alone. Um Jesus Christ. He almost had so a good comeback too. Stuff. Like he almost had a respectable comeback and then he fucked up like that. Those those two games ruined it yeah. because other than that, he was solid. He was decent. From when we resigned the rest of that season, he was fine. Fine. But those two games that that underneath the basket, I can never get that image on my head either. Jesus yep. Christ. Um Amari is obviously up there. And it's not because of his contract, it's just his play. Give it to the people. His play was terrible. Like everybody, you know, goes so crazy. Well, before we got mellow, he was this. We were twenty eight and twenty six. Yeah. <laughs> like well, we were not be world beaters, so calm down. They were fun. They just weren't winning yeah, they weren't too winning. much more than they were losing. Jeremy Lin goes up there. Wow. I didn't uh, Yeah, I, I was I big. I didn't believe in Lin Sandy there first and then he turned me into a believer during that uh, Dallas game. Okay. Who played the Mavericks? Then I was like, okay. Yeah, he's just, then I remember I went to a I went to a Nets. It was either, it was Nets Rock. Was it Nets Rockets? It was either Nets Rockets or Nets Spurs in Prudential Center when they were still in Jersey, and the Knicks were in Minnesota. I want to say, or whether it's Toronto when he hit the three pointer. Either way, they were playing the game on every screen in the Prudential Center. They were playing the Knicks game on every screen during insanity. It was the crazy. That that's when I was like, oh, okay, this is real. This is this is not just a Twitter thing. This thing is real. And I was like, wow. And in the Nets stadium. So, but still, for what he did in the playoffs, for what he didn't do in the playoffs when he set out against the Heat to protect his contract, which was smart for him, by the way. I'm not mad at that. As a person, like, I get it. You protect yourself, and he made all his free agency money. I'm not mad. But for the, as a Knicks fan, you jerked us. And he was scared to get exposed by the Heat, so whatever to him. Um, he also kind of, like, brokered the MSG deal, because remember, MSG was blacked out uh, once the New Year started on Time Warner, and then Linsanity happened, and then they, yeah, and they, they, they forced, Yeah, quick. they forced their hand, that's right. Yeah, that absolutely happened. Um, geez, that's who's that's three, that's three, right? That's, that's mm. three. You got Lynn, Amari, and um, Jared Jeffries. Feel free to go back in time. We have a storied history. I was about to say, I was about to say Charles, Charles Smith. I thought he was gonna go John Starks. Charles Smith. I don't want to say John Starks just for the simple fact because I respect his come up. I okay. just don't, I just, I just hated Fair. the fact, I just hated those, I hated that game, obviously, game six. I hated him for that, and I hated that Reggie Miller, he made Reggie Miller a thing, like he made Reggie Miller the legend. Because Reggie Miller is not a legend to me outside of playing John Starks. Um, I've got two names that I'm surprised you didn't just rattle off right off right off the rip. Uh, go for it. I, I can't think of them right now. Jerome oh. James and Andre Margnani. Okay. Jerome James. The thing with him, that's I don't blame him. Right. I don't blame him. I believe he got I, overpaid. He, he got overpaid because he had one good game in Seattle. That that six block game, whatever he had in Seattle, that that was completely Isaiah Thomas's fault. So I really don't blame him. And Barnani can't. I, can I, I don't feel like Barnani is overrated because he is. He everyone knew that was a bad move. No, except for me. Except for me. I was so drunk off the Knicks that I thought that was a good move. I'm not gonna lie to you. I said, "Oh, Barnani's gonna come in. He's gonna give us 20." I was one of those guys. I'm not going to lie. But I was so drunk after that 54-win season. I was, oh, God. I was saying some of the dumbest things ever. 
Oh, I came back to earth quick. Quick. Barniani, I thought Barniani was gonna actually going to be good. I couldn't believe I. <laughs> I, I did too. Well, I, I did too. I remember sitting at work. I didn't think he was going to be like a world beater. I remember sitting. I remember sitting in the break room at work, and someone's like, "Man, that's a terrible trade." I'm like, "You're crazy. Just wait." And then I was like, "I hope they really don't remember that." I don't think we realized how good those hope... picks were going to be. Nah. I really thought that that was going to be a thing. Oh my god! I was like, "Dude, we just won 54. That first round pick won't mean anything." Jesus Christ! It's going to be pick 26. Going to win 73. Oh, pick 30. And then the game in Milwaukee when he. <laughs> oh my god. That game in Milwaukee with the three when he didn't know what the hell he was doing. The dunk that he tried to attempt against Philly. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, that was a three. He took, like, a three with, like, 30 seconds left yeah, when they could have just yeah. held the ball and won could've the game. just held the ball and won the game. Even J.R. Smith was looking at him like, oh, bro, what are you <laughs> <laughs> That was so bad. It was he, so was, bad. he was just, like, a comedy of errors, though. Like, it was almost enjoyable. Like, it was so yeah, bad, he, it was almost Where is he now? Is he, what, he's overseas now? He went back to Europe? Yeah, I mean, he, he's been out of the league. I have, I, I want to say that I heard news that he was even let go by his, like, European team. Jeez, that's what that's Anthony Randolph is freaking important, bro. <laughs> Anthony Randolph Anthony got fucking citizenship team, in Slovenia to play there. <laughs> Wait, Anthony Bennett is where? He's somewhere overseas. He has a job. <laughs> Which NBA one of them is the worst first round? Who's outrageous. the who's the worst first pick? I think Bennett's gotta be worse. Bennett. He didn't even last long enough. Yeah. Like at least Bargnani had a twenty point per game season, right? Like he played like Bennett his first two or three like years, years were promising. He wasn't Anthony, terrible. Anthony Bennett never averaged more than five points per game, right? Or no, no, he did. I don't, I don't know. I never even heard of him before the draft. No, five point two was his the best. Yeah, no, that he's the he's the worst first pick ever. He plays for the Turkish Damn. Basketball Super League. He plays for Fenerbahce. Who was it? Who's even in his draft? I can't even remember that draft like that. Uh, I, it was it was the Netherlands Noel draft. It was like Anthony. It was an all-time Imagine it was bad like Anthony draft. Bennett and Derek Williams right after him. It's the worst one-two people, punch of people, all time. People sleep on uh, uh, Derek Williams was after Kyrie. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, Anthony Bennett that year was uh, Oladipo, Alex Len, Nerlens, uh, Caldwell Giannis? Pope that year. Uh, no, nah, Nerl. Uh, yeah, yeah, Giannis was oh, that year. Man, wow. As was Gobert. Wow. 20, and Michael Carter Williams was the rookie of the year that year. Caldwell Pope, uh, CJ McCollum. Oh, boy. nice. Noel's good. Giannis is obviously Giannis. Um, Gobert's there. there. Otto, Otto, Otto Porter's good now, right? He's pretty Otto good. Wade He's Jr. all right. It's Alan Crabb who, you know, oh, Rudy Gobert. Great, but... Didn't they have Otto Porter? Oh, I don't. I haven't seen it with Otto Porter. Maybe I don't watch enough Wizards games, but I haven't. I no, I haven't seen it yet. He's he not can, as good as what he, he was being coveted. As, but he's not a he's not a bad basketball player. He's all right. He's, I, I actually like I actually like Oladipo more than most people probably do. I like Oladipo too. I don't see I, it. I, he 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 had an interview with the I want to say the Breakfast Club today, and he was saying, uh, yeah, I, he feels like this is the first uh, stop in the NBA that's actually cares about him or like treating him like as important as he should be, and he called himself an alpha male. And he oh, no. it's his team. He said he called the Patriots his team. Mm-hmm. I guess he doesn't. He didn't hear about Turner yet. Yeah. I guess they have to be introduced to each other. But yeah, he called the Patriots his team today, and he said that the Patriots are treating him like he's the number one guy. So I guess enjoy I think the he's pretty. I think he's pretty good. 
I think he's. I think he's great. I think he's gonna be. I think. I don't think he's great. I think he's gonna be a twenty-five and like three guy or something. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But I like him. He's solid. Like yeah, physically he's, solid too. Like he's, I don't know. Like I just. I feel like he'll always be able to at least hold his own because he's he's built well and he. And if he's he's athletic as hell. Yeah, he is. He is an athlete. And he can play. He can get after if he wanted to. He can be a really good defensive player. But whatever. Schroeder was in that draft, and I don't know why mm-hmm. everybody loves him all of a sudden. I I, I don't see it. I feel like he's all. got the Oladipo Alpha syndrome, where he's he's like now he's got the Hawks, and like I, I never really saw anything in him to begin with, other than he can the, put up buckets. Are the Hawks but... gonna win ten games next year? What's that? Say that again. Are the Hawks gonna win ten games next year? Because their team is absolutely terrible. They have a terrible team. I could not name their starting five right now. No, not their definitely not their five. They got what? Like they got Schroeder. They got. I'll tell you their team right now. I'm looking at their team now. It's Luke Babbitt, oh, Ken no. Basmore, Marco <laughs> Bellinelli, DeAndre Bembry, uh, who some guys, some guys, John Collins. Which, I didn't realize they were this. How bad. does John uh, Collins not fall into some guys? Yeah, right. I know. Luke, Do you think he's a standout? First person you saw oh, they Luke have... was Luke Babbitt. <laughs> they got Chris Humphreys. Everything Dwayne Chris Humphreys is still hanging uh, out there, Dovetti, no? Tyler Dorsey, uh, Ilya Sova, uh, Muscala, Plumley, one of them, who knows? Um, Torian Prince. It's the, the really bad and... one. No, Humphreys is not there. That's a bad team. That's a real. That's a. That's a. I'm telling you, I don't think they're going to win. Er- they're going to win ten games. Sova is arguably the best player on this team. I don't think there's I like Kent. I like Kent Yeah, I, I like think Bazemore as like a bad guy, seventh man type of thing. He's gonna, he's gonna, he'll probably average twenty points for them next year, honestly. All right, on forty five shots. Yeah, Ersan Ilyasova <laughs> will legitimately have like several games next year where he's the best player on that team. Yeah, he's, at, he's I can see it right now. He's gonna average seventeen point one or something like Good that. Good Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, and that's gonna be the and he's gonna be the height. He's gonna be the leading scorer on the team. He's not a bad player if you put him around, like, if he's on a decent team. He's a good guy to come off the bench or something. But, Jesus Christ, when he's your best player, <laughs> they're going to win 12 games next year. They've got to do something with this roster. Like, I'm just looking at it like, they who? All the way up. I, mean, I think they're going, well, is Michael Porter Jr. that good? I mean, if you go the other way, they're going to lose in the first round. So they might as well hope Porter Jr. Okay. or Don Pitch or uh, Bagley. I got trivia. Is anyone on the Atlanta Hawks Wikipedia page right now? No the Wikipedia page. No. Right? no, no one go near it. Here is, and then we gotta end the show after that because we're getting to next near two hours. But who the Hawks have chosen four players since 1980 to play in an All Star game. They've only drafted four players since 1980 to play in an All Star game. Can you name those four? Jeff Teague. Yes. Dominique Wilkins. No. Al Horford. Al Horford. Dominique Wilkins was actually selected by the Utah Jazz and traded to the Hawks a few months after. Damari Carroll? No. No. Is, he also, how there's old, one you might get. There's one him? you might get. This is since 1980. Doc Rivers? Doc Rivers. There's one more. Not Sharif Rollins, no way, right? Sharif Abdul-Rahim? Nope. Who's drafted by the Grizzlies? Seven-foot right? center. Yeah, Vancouver. Seven foot center. Seven foot, seven foot. Kevin, Kevin, Willis. Rollins, Kevin Willis. Kevin Willis. Kevin Willis. Uh, Kevin Willis. The most brolic man in NBA history. Jesus. He's up there, man. All right. Wow. He played That's like terrible. a million games too. All right. Like a million. I gotta run, yeah. dudes. So I'm gonna go. 
um, thereby ending this call um, abruptly. Anyway, um, Al, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me back you, anytime. Yeah, you I'm always around. Please. Um, Bailey, Give Al, fight. Please. Go to bed. Have a good night. We'll talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Ant. I mean, I do, I do have school. I, I got school. Yeah, I got to enlighten the youth yeah, tomorrow you morning. Yeah, enlighten so. the youths. Trey, go do your thing. I'm not going to tell you how to live. Uh, thank um, you. All our fans, <laughs> thanks for that? listening. Why are you, why are you Appreciate it. Thanks you for buying some shirts. And uh, have a good night. We'll talk to you later. Good day. Thanks, guys. Thanks, I'm <laughs> sorry.